So I have been thinking a little bit lately. Okay. So Pixar has kind of been there for most of our lives. It's uh-huh, been there for the yeah. whole lives of many kids these mm-hmm. days. And they keep these franchises going and stuff, right? Like yeah. we're on like Toy Story, what, four, four or five now? Four. They just had four, yeah. So I'm thinking if they want to keep their audience that they've had their entire lives, they're going to have to keep aging the franchises and stuff mm, up, right? Okay. So I'm kind of envisioning this. Hear me out. All right. This is a little bit of a big step forward, a definite change in tone from what we've been getting from it. But if they want to keep that audience that's been there with them their whole lives, yeah, they got to stay relevant. True. I'm thinking by the time we get to around like Toy Story 9 or so, <laughs> Andy, I think by this point, Andy is probably 30, 35, okay, right? Okay, yeah. And I'm thinking he's got this whole big collection of toys that he doesn't play with anymore. Mm-hmm. But because he's a grown-up, they're adult toys. Oh. So I'm thinking he's got this whole collection of sex toys and stuff <laughs> that gets together and talks whenever he's not there. You've got Freddy the Fleshlight. Bobby the blow-up doll, right. um, Larry Lube, uh-huh. um, Andrew uh, Anal Plug, uh-huh. Philip the Fist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they get together and they're like, Andy doesn't play with this anymore since he got that new girlfriend. And at first they think and Philip says, "Speak for yourself." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, because he's still using the fist. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking like, at first they kind of hate the new girlfriend. And they're right. like, she takes Andy away from us, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. <laughs> but then by the end of the story, they learn to appreciate her and then also learn that they can play with their toys together. This is a valuable lesson for us. I right? think we need that. Yeah. Trademark Dead and Lovely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome horror movie fans to Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie podcast in this multiverse and beyond. Beyond other multiverses. Yeah, all of them. That don't exist within the multiverse that we're talking about. That's right. This is like a separate thing. Um, it's Dead and Lovely here with the host with the most. It's me, Uncle A. Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we are both recording this podcast with one eye on my computer, which has been doing some nefarious dirty work for us here and yeah. uh, crashing several times as we've tried to record the episode. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Maybe it's because of this movie that we're talking about today. I blame the Irish. It's probably the Irish. Yeah. It's been a while yeah. since they took a fall for anything in this country. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> they, they really need, <laughs> they need to be our fall guy for this. Yeah. Damn Irish. How you been doing this week there, Steve? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a time, my man. Um, we So our car was totaled. I talked about it last week. Yeah, yeah. That we had a wreck and we were waiting to find out. Uh, cars totaled. Just take out a small loan of a million dollars. Right. Oh, that's, thanks, Mitt Romney. Or <laughs> Donald Trump. Or yeah, no problem. Any of those people. <laughs> um, so we we got $1,400 after the deductible, okay. which is not great. It's not even really a down payment. Um, I don't know, man. My baby boomer parents bought their first house with that much money. Yeah, probably. So you should be uh-huh. fine. Yeah. You should be fine. And they made that like working for the summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no big deal. Uh, so, yeah, we were having we we're having some issues. We we've got them all sort of figured out. We are going tomorrow to look at a car. A new car. Yeah, a new to us car. We obviously no nobody should purchase a brand new car. Yeah, that, unless no you're just that. rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we're looking at a, a Subaru Forester that is 2013, relatively newish, and then but it has like 107,000 miles on it, and a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that's crazy," but it, 
Subarus, man, this thing's last forever. Do you think that Subarus ever considered an ad campaign for the Forester? Where it's a Forester that's on one side of the country and it's like, and then one day I decided to start running. <laughs> and it, it goes all the way across the entire Forrester country. Forester Gump. Yeah, and people are on the side, like on the sidewalk going, run, Forester, run. Yeah. And it just goes and goes, <laughs> grows a beard. <laughs> Trademark that lovely. That would be full awesome. of good yeah, ideas. I'd love to see a beard <laughs> on a car. <laughs> That's cool. I've heard that the Rubisus are a quality yeah. item, so you should be in luck. Yeah, so it's it's just a new a new bill every month that it kinda sucks, but we you know, we had been talking about getting a new car, but obviously we were expecting it down the road. Oh yeah. Because like, Emily's in school right now, so we got books and tuition and shit that we're worried about. So, uh, it's been stressful. And then, also, my grandfather was in the hospital. That sucks, man. Pet yeah. pet, man. Yeah. So, it's been a stressful week, but I've also found some time for fun. Went to a Halloween party the other night. The old Halloween party. Yeah. That's right. It is, as we record this, well, it's, what, October the something, something's right now? It's this almost Halloween. This comes out October 30th, so today's October 28th. The 28th, uh-huh. yeah. So we're creeping up on it. We had ourselves our little Halloween shindig uh, over the weekend there, which is cool. I mean, we always host a Halloween party at our house, which is always yeah. super decked out. But as anybody that listens to the show knows, since our house is on the market, that means no decoration, yeah. no sleep, no food, yeah. no nothing. Nothing. Just uh, blank walls. Just blank walls and lots of reverb in the room. Uh-huh. So we rented out a room at one of uh, the bars that Kate works for and just had ourselves a nice little private private banquet room at Barley's, hung out with some friends, yeah, played some video games. Yeah. Yeah. Which was that, fun. That was fun. Um, it was the first time I had played the original Mario in a long time. Long time. And then you and I had a discussion about how neither of us beat it as a I've child. I've never beaten it once, no. Uh, so I went home and beat it. How was it? Uh, on an emulator, especially... I mean, because you, you can map quick save and quick load to yeah. buttons. So, so on an like emulator, restart, it took restart, me yeah. maybe 20, 30 minutes. Was it really hard? No. Really? I remember as a kid thinking it was Im- just impossible. Well, that's the thing. is like I was trying to remember if as a kid, did I not beat it because it was so hard or did I not beat it because I was just like, I'm getting bored. Let's go do something else. Maybe because I remember getting to 8-4 yeah. as a kid and running out of time because I didn't know that you go down the pipes. I, I don't know how I didn't know that. It's fucking obvious. You should have Googled it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've watched so many speed runs of it that... Pretty well I, I got through it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't hard. And so I started Mario 3 and got to... Fuck yeah. Got to 8, 2. Getting pretty deep oh, in that I game. Also, I also got no hands. You know, the little hands that reach out and grab you? Yeah. Uh, you can, I, I, There is a, a rhythm. If you hit the RNG just right, you can get through without any hands. So I just kept like saving and loading and just going through until I got oh. no hands. Well, look at that. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Are you one of those people that likes Mario 3 for NES or Super Mario World for Super Nintendo better? I Okay, so the Super Nintendo I got was the model that didn't come with the game. Oh, so no. I the, don't really, your parents don't love you edition. Right. I, I don't really have much memory of playing Super Mario oh, God, dude, on so Super good. Nintendo. I, just other people's houses every once in a while. After you're done with Mario 3, I'm just going to go ahead and make your plans for yeah, you. Yeah, I After should. After you're done I with should. Mario 3, Super Mario Brothers, yeah. 
or sorry, Super Mario World for Super I also, Nintendo and fucking Yoshi's Island. Yeah, Emily loves Yoshi's Island. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. That is the last great Super Nintendo game that was ever made. Emily, we when we lived in Highland Park, I we had an emulator on a laptop and she beat uh, Mario 64. Yeah. Like got all the stars and stuff. That one I've spent the least amount of time playing because I never Me had too. a sixty four. Yeah, I I had a sixty four. I got the parents don't love you version that didn't come <laughs> with the game. Dude, I think I played that game the most whenever they just started putting those like demo stations in Walmart so you could uh-huh. like, try yes, the games. That is, yeah, that's when I did play it. Dude, you'd stand there for like fifteen minutes uh-huh. with your neck at like a ninety degree uh-huh. angle and be like, I need to see a child chiropractor. I also it was brutal. I remember as a kid watching. What is it? Rescuers Down Under in, in in its entirety at a Kmart. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. There would be those times where it'd be like, mom shopping. I'll just go watch whatever's playing in uh-huh. electronics. <laughs> dude, I totally remember those days. Yeah. Holy fuck, man. <laughs> that was... in just standing there with your neck. Like, I remember afterwards just my neck hurting and being like, why did I do that? Ouch, my neck, my back, <laughs> all of it. My pussy and my crack. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was a it was a good little Halloween shindig. Nothing beats having it at the house. I'm thinking that next year, you know, we'll be moved into a new place and stuff. Yeah. We're, we're we're gonna go, go all, all out. out. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna actually buy like I think like corpses of Chinese prisoners and stuff and use okay. them as decoration. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, get mm-hmm. some real human skeletons. There were a lot of kill. Them, so you should have your pick of the litter for corpses. Should be pretty Chinese easy. citizens killed by their government. <laughs> Goodbye, Chinese listeners. We are now banned. I don't think we've ever had them. No, probably not. Yeah, I think just subject content alone with it being about horror movies probably... Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, we're even listed. Most likely, yeah, probably yeah. not. Probably not. Now we couldn't be out partying too horribly late that night because we got up early the next day because uh, they're having the big ass gigantic drag brunch downtown uh-huh, at right. the Mill and Mine, yeah. which is like a partnership with Old City Wine by Rebel Kitchen. Now, drag brunch Taco is super Taco. fun, and this was a big one. Oh my god, dude! Knox will represent, man. They did two seatings that were both like over two hundred. Wow. Ticketed tables both sold out like immediately. For a drag brunch. It was fucking awesome, man. The show and stuff was really good. They they started with this whole like hocus pocus theme. And uh there was some really great performances and shit in there, which was awesome to see. The one that stuck out of my memory the most mm-hmm. is one of the first performers uh performers came out as kind of a sexy leather face. <laughs> Now, this gets, there's so many layers to this. There's so many layers. Okay. So you've got a man dressing up as a woman, Uh dressing up as a male character. Who dresses up as a woman. Yes. (laughs) I mean, that is about the draggiest costume you can possibly get. Like, I'm a guy dressing up like a woman who dresses up like a guy who dresses up like a woman. Like... That is a fucking parfait Seriously. of a drag performance. The layers. Nice and layers. Yeah, dude. Just keep peeling them back. <laughs> peeling them back. Pretty awesome. Really That's cool awesome. to see just how like fucking liberal and cool Knoxville's gotten. Yeah, you know? Knoxville. Uh, anybody who investigates the history of Knoxville will find that Knoxville has always been sort of a liberal bastion in this area. Yeah. It's, it's nice, but then you get out into the county and... <laughs> You realize why they invented a county mayor? Oh. Because all those rednecks laws. were tired of the liberal mayors. 
Well, I'm glad to see the average citizens coming out supporting the LGBTQ plus society yeah. Yeah. and just fun shit, just going out and having a good time. It's so, really cool. Yeah. I'm stoked about that. I'll get a pull to that. Yeah, awesome. Let's pull on something right here, Steve. We're going kind of pull easy this yeah. program. Usually we knock back a couple. We're, we're both just having a point. Having a point. A piss, ain't we? Have a point. And uh, that's because I think that if I have more than one, I will very likely fall asleep as we record this. This this is actually because I've been drinking a lot less and I eat less and my weight has gone down. My tolerance for alcohol is at the bottom. Yeah? uh, You've hit rock bottom. At the party on Saturday night, I had one drink. Did you seriously? One drink and I got a buzz. Now that it I'm thinking was, about it, it I didn't was, see you drinking a bunch. Yeah, it was a 10% beer, but it was a 10 ounce. It's like that. It shouldn't have gotten me buzzed. I'm glad it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was like, Damn, oh, good. I can just have on. one drink and it's like, cool. You know, that's one of those things I hadn't really thought about as far as like the effect of weight loss and alcohol tolerance, where if, you, yeah. if you've been a 300 pound person yeah. who knows how much booze it takes to get you fucked up and then suddenly you're 250 or 200. Mm-hmm. And your tolerance has drastically changed. Yeah. There's got to be some very brutal accidental hangovers as a result of that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a hangover, luckily, from that. Yeah. <laughs> but I did have a hangover from Friday night's streaming chat. Oh, the old uh, streaming chat yeah. got you fucked up, did it? Yeah. Joe Bob got took the reins this week. He That's had right. his Halloween hootenanny. And... It was, it was Halloween 1 and then Halloween 4 and 5 because they, they don't have the rights to stream oh, two or three. right yeah i just happened to have watched halloween within the past like two weeks or so huh. still an immortal classic yeah Fuck, i don't it's, get tired of that great. movie it's so good and that actually affected my friday night though because i'm used to watching shit it yeah really a bit weird. yeah you just kind of wanted to watch the movie but I, I got i had like a drink and a half during that and i was drunk damn like, a little into halloween four I passed out on my dog's bed. You were just shot. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. Well, we we got to be careful to curve our alcohol yeah. enthusiasm <laughs> as we drink this Saucy Brew Works War Chest. Say that a couple times in a row. <laughs> this is a hazy Imperial India Pale Ale. They are out of Cleveland, Ohio. Eight percenter. Mm. This is provided to us. Again, by our dear friend, yeah. the notorious mm-hmm. RDM, Roger Dean Miller. This is this is piney, resiny deliciousness. Sounds right up my alley. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's working pretty good for you? I'm going here. Yeah. I'm going to get this in my face right here. Yeah, that's real drinkable right there. Hmm. Got a real clean Ooh. finish, too. Ooh, that is fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. I keep, like, waiting for it to get that too sweet point. Mm-mm. And it doesn't. it doesn't. The sweetness on yep. that is pretty much exactly where I like it. Yeah, that's, you know, overall, just the balance of how boozy, how sweet, how juicy, how mm-hmm. hoppy that is, is goddamn near ideal. Saucy. They make some good stuff, man. We've had that a couple on great. the show, and this is really good. Man, Ohio brings some pretty fucking hard beers. Seriously. They the bring Cleve. some hard beers, man. I just, I've been watching 30 Rock this week, and I just I just watched the Cleveland episode. Yeah? yeah. 30 Rock. God damn, what a We'd show. We'd all love to flee to the Cleve Lemon. <laughs> and it's a pretty good time to be watching some Halloween flicks and stuff like that, because before we know it, the special day is going to be upon us. Mm-hmm. 
And I think we're going to celebrate just by hanging out at some friend's place and handing out Halloween candy to the kids. Yeah. They've got a very populated, na- populated neighborhood. Yeah. So they usually have like several hundred kids coming I'm trick or treat. trick or treaters. Dude, well, it's fun. I, I haven't seen... I just haven't lived anywhere where trick-or-treaters are. Yep. Like, even in LA, not, we'd have kids in our building, too. I think a lot of what trick-or-treating now is like trunk-or-treat celebrations. Yeah, and yeah. So people go to one location. But, I mean, yeah, it's fun handing out, like seeing all the costumes, seeing everybody have fun and stuff. I hate that people think that it's not safe to go door to door and get candy anymore. I think that yeah, that's a really safe false as it narrative. Ever was. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, did anything fucked up ever happen to you when you were trick or treating no. as a kid? Like the weirdest things that would happen. And of course, yes, the world is different now than it was in 1984. But I think that it's probably fucking safer now mm-hmm. than it was back yeah. then. But you know, like every now and then you'd have that, that dude who would sit on his porch like, and you thought it was a dummy or a scarecrow. Yeah, and he was scary. Yeah, and he'd, he'd, he'd boo you. That's about the worst that ever happened to me. I think that if people just took their kids out trick-or-treating right now, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. I don't think I that don't think the so percentage either. of people that want to murder random kids is extraordinarily high now out of nowhere. I, I think maybe some of it has to do with, I mean, we work more for less money now. People mm-hmm. just have less time, and so a trunk-or-treat thing, you can go get all the trick-or-treating done in an hour and then be back home. Yeah, you're not wrong, because if you're talking about driving neighborhood yeah. to neighborhood to neighborhood and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that can take up hours and hours yeah. and hours, you know? Yeah. Which, it, it sucks that that's now, like, yeah. time constraint. Oh, shit, I gotta have time to spend a few hours with my kids on Halloween. Yeah. Oh. I remember growing up, like, growing up, my mom and my aunt would take us every year, and we would go around our own, our uh, grandmother's neighborhood, which is a, a traditional southern neighborhood with no plan yeah like, yeah know, yeah just here and there and everywhere here, yeah and then we would go across the street to the much nicer neighborhood yeah that was planned and we'd, we'd get all the candy from there and we'd have like a huge bag of candy by the end of the night yeah yeah we watched the bob's burgers episode the other yeah. night where they go find the full-size uh-huh. Uh, yeah, they go to the island. Yeah. Oh my god, uh-huh. it's so fucking good. It's so <laughs> funny, man. What was like the Halloween treats that you craved the most when you were a kid? I know that. Uh-huh. On, well, on the few times I did go trick or treating, because my mm-hmm. family was on again, off again, very religious, and sometimes we yeah. wouldn't celebrate Halloween. But on the couple times that I did go trick or treating, I always remember really getting stoked for anything Butterfinger related. Okay. Even like a BB, right. which at that time was yeah, a newfangled thing. Were good, yeah. Old Bart Simpson on the mm-hmm. ad campaigns and stuff there. I love getting anything Butterfinger related, and I always fucking hated anytime I would get a a, a, a peanut butter taffy. Oh yeah, a Mary Jane. I actually like those, but um, they. They don't, I hate them so much, They're not dude. something you want to eat a bunch of. No. It, Kate likes them. My wife likes them. I like them. them. I, I just, uh, like, I can have one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On paper, I should love them because there's you, hardly peanut butter anything. butter and taffy? Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, I love peanut butter and yeah. I love taffy, but something, something about it I just yeah. cannot fucking stand. I, I never was excited to get taffy because taffy is just one of those things that's more like a 
chore. I like the taste of it, but it's a lot of work. It's an activity. Yeah. Yeah. It's I not was like a, it's not like a smart excited for a Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers was my favorite as a kid. Three okay. Musketeers and Milky Way. Oh, the Milky Way. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of a late bloomer to Milky Way. Yeah. I didn't like Snickers when I was a kid. No way. I didn't like anything with nuts in it, really. Oh, okay. I still don't like nuts in brownies, but... No, dude, I don't either, yeah. man. People should quit with that shit. Or yeah. in, a, in a chocolate chip cookie. Get the fucking nuts yeah. out of there, don't man. Don't want it. Don't want it. I love walnuts, pecans, and all that stuff, mm. but they don't belong in everything. If you y'all. want, like, if what you here's what you replace your nut with, because the nut, I think that it fucks with the texture. It does absolutely of a, so. of a cookie. It's or all brownie. soft and chewy, then hard. But have you ever done this? Have you ever put potato chips in cookies? In cookies, it's fucking no awesome. fucking way. Yes, the crunch is still there. Like, so do, you, it's do, you, like, do you crush them up? Like? Yeah, crush them up. And then what? do it with like, yeah. So you get like, if you do it with chocolate chips, you get the salt and the sweet and it's got that cool crunch oh texture in the God. like softness of the, it's good. I bet that's insane. Yeah. Dude. Potato chips are awesome. <laughs> yeah, obviously, man. Holy shit. I got to try that out, man. So yeah, I, but yeah, I also, uh, sweet tarts were my favorite as a kid and I love still, sweet tart. still one of my favorites. I Dude. prefer sour, but they didn't have sweet tarts that you just handed out back then. But do you remember shock tarts? Yes. Fuck. Yeah. Shock tarts. And, and actually, seriously, even just saying the name, yeah, thinking of the packaging. Juicy, like you feel that juicy sort uh, of feeling. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it makes my jaw yeah. clinch up and I'm like salivating immediately because yeah. mm-hmm. I just anticipate yeah. how brutally sour shock those were at first those things were awesome shock tarts dinosaur eggs and warheads like dinosaur eggs dinosaur oh eggs God. were the best that's way fucking old yeah. school man yeah and warheads too of course do you mm. remember the hot warheads yeah do those I don't do. exist anymore or what? i don't think so They're well just maybe the they do because warheads are still like out there like i just don't pay attention in the candy aisle maybe they still do, still do exist i've not seen the hot ones anywhere i've not seen those in yeah. ages i remember thinking that they were just fucking brutal when i was a kid though you know <laughs> so much like it was like cinnamon but i think they also put in like capsaicin powder oh there or had something. to be yeah yeah because yeah. it was also like on top of a tropical fruit kind of flavor mm-hmm. too you know yeah i definitely gravitate towards the sour sour patch kid anything like that yeah is right up my alley Sour patch kids are so Fuck good yeah man Dude, I've not seen you wear a Halloween costume in a long time. I don't do it. When do you think is the last Halloween costume that you wore? Uh, George Michael. That, But was that a Halloween costume or was that just for our 80s party? That was just for an 80s party. So that wasn't even a Halloween no. costume. Although, I guess the last Halloween costume I wore was when I went as Lame Man. Lame Man, And yeah. the only costume element of it was I duct taped uh, a green towel as a cape you did that that was it but i do want our listeners to know that when you disguised yourself for an 80s theme party <laughs> as george michael yeah the resemblance was startling it was pretty crazy i think yeah. that sometime if we have a halloween thing where you go as him again mm-hmm. and i go as my costume this year yeah. jonathan van ness jonathan again van ness, which you looked exactly like i think that we could probably go out in public and people would be like asking for autographs and also be yeah. asking why you aren't dead I faked it, love. That's what I'll say. <laughs> you gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll just say you gotta have faith. I'll lean in real close. You gotta have faith. So the away. people that, that got the Jonathan Van Ness costume absolutely adored it. Yeah. Some people didn't really understand. I had no idea what you were doing. But yeah. the people that got it were like, it's kind of scary. Well, if you didn't see what you were wearing, 
it was a Razor Ramon beard for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But yep. you see what you're wearing, Jonathan Van Ness. Jonathan Van Ness. Which means Jonathan Van Ness has a Razor Ramon beard. Oh, shit. <laughs> I would, now I just want to see Jonathan Van Ness's Razor Ramon. I want to talk about Razor Ramon real quick. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Razor was a reference to cocaine. Okay, I didn't think about that. As but kids, we never thought about that. But because he was he's all play- Chico. Yeah, he was playing Scarface. That's what he was doing. Razor. He was re- the razor was a reference to cocaine. Cocaine. Remote. So he was like a Cuban cocaine selling wrestler. Well, then he had all his moves like the the rail splitter. Yeah. Uh, ski the devil's dandruff. It was all right there in front of us. The nosebleed. And, Come and on. The, the craziest shit is when you see interviews with Scott Hall, like as Scott Hall, he's just a redneck dude. Like yeah. he's just from the South. He just has, he, when he tans, he's a little bit darker and they're yeah. like, fucking Cuban might as well be. <laughs> oh, the days of light cultural appropriation. Right. Light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real Quote, light, light back then. <laughs> Oh my god, man. Yeah, it has been just an unbelievably fucking crazy week with all the the Halloween stuff and drag brunch and shows and everything else that's been going on. Mm -hmm. I am just like absolutely at 0% power right now, man. I have not. Like my brain has just shut down yeah to yeah like just that it's like whatever is necessary yeah. do that only minimum don't functions. do anything else yeah basically it's like hold the pee and poop in from <laughs> there you're on your own sir <laughs> maintaining the bare functions only yep <laughs> at best uh-huh yeah i've been fucking wore out and then yeah. it's looking like probably next week we'll be moving into our new temporary apartment home Thank which goodness. is going to be awesome yeah finally this, be this might be the first uh the, i'm sorry this might be the the last podcast we record here the last podcast on the left the last podcast in my house <laughs> you know so i'm excited about it but again i'm also like fuck more work Ugh. yeah <laughs> i just want to rest Gee. steve well, hey, i just want to rest all you gotta do is move all your stuff to another place and set it up again yeah oh, well when you look at it that way <laughs> that sounds horrible thanks but i did Once have time done with that though i i yeah. like i would just take the longest lay back and look around and notice like i have no more work to oh do. Yeah. yeah no dude that's the thing is like you know ultimately we're moving into this apartment temporarily while yeah. we look for another house to buy so i know around the corner is looking for another house mm-hmm. getting in that house painting yeah. the walls fixing up whatever moving yeah. stuff into there it's like the work is not done no after we move into the apartment but <laughs> it'll be a lot more done than it's been here lately True. Yeah. Holy shit. And you'll be in Knoxville. And I'll be in Knoxville, home of everything. Home of everything. Everything that I do, and I won't have to Uh, drive 40 minutes for you know. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Seriously, dude. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah. I am extremely stoked about it. I did have time, though, to veg out and watch a movie or two. Awesome. This week. In addition to the original Halloween, Mm -hmm. I watched Halloween from 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have watched it again with Emily and still enjoyed it. But it's good. I, there are definitely some issues with it. There's some issues with yeah. it. Yeah. Honestly, like the first time that I watched it, my expectations were so low that I was like, oh my God, it's passable. Yeah. That's exactly Yeah. That's exactly how it was. And now that it's like, you get a little distance from it and look at it as a movie by itself. It's like, all right, there's some things they could have fixed here that would have made this a much better movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, 
the whole podcaster storyline is just there so that Michael can get yeah. the mask back. Like, there was a cleaner way to get that done. There was certainly a cleaner way to get that done and the psychiatrist shit. Yeah. That, that could have been done. A l- it could have been a little clearer. Yeah, I think so, I mean, too. you don't have to change it. You can keep that he does that, but just make it a little clearer that he's, like, descended into madness himself. Yeah. Yeah. I did pick up on some interesting gender-related stuff this time, though, that I didn't oh, notice yeah? the first couple times I watched it. Okay. Like, there's so many things about women being assertive and powerful mm-hmm. and in control in this movie. And yeah. a lot of times the males in the movie are pretty aloof and goofy and yeah. kind, of, kind of stupid. Like that if you kid think that about, tries to kiss her. Yeah. That gets okay. killed for her. Yeah. Her boyfriend, her for boyfriend sure. fucking sucks. And, and, and also too, think even about their Halloween costume. It's totally like gender bending. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. You know? So Lori Strode's granddaughter is wearing Clyde right. clothes like the entire time. And then also huh. the dad in that family, you know, the dad he is just he's not involved a in the goofball. end. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's like goofy as shit yeah, the whole he time. Is. Yeah. He doesn't like, it's the three women in the end. Yeah. Like they're the ones who are the hero. They're the final girls in like the complete opposite sense where instead of being the last one because they're virtuous, they're the last ones because they're badasses and they remain badasses with, and you know, seemingly defeat the the villain though we know there are two more coming two out more movies, yes. yeah <laughs> which you know i think they got all those ideas about those strong female presences i'm pretty sure from halloween three season of the witch right <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie known for it strong strong female, female characters. characters and and definitely not just uh, a way to make tom atkins look like he just slays <laughs> every woman he sees <laughs> he's slaying vahigna left insane. and right apparently yeah. man i do hate that they announced already though that there's going to be two more of these halloween movies yeah i wish they hadn't I, I i like i guess like there's no way to avoid it once it's signed it's gonna be announced well, it's like the Marvel thing. Like yeah. after Endgame, they had already announced all these other yeah. sequels. It's like, we know yeah. they don't die. It's just, yeah, we live in an information age where you can't hide anything anymore. No. Like this movie, actually, that we're going to be talking about would have benefited from that if they had like said way in advance, no Michael Myers. Halloween is an anthology series. Yeah. Yeah. It would have gotten, because like that's what people didn't like about it. They went to go see Michael Myers and never saw Michael Myers. So. Right. But it also ruins everything. Like you, you know, you know, Spider-Man's coming back because they've already said there's another Spider-Man coming out. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember watching it and as like, Spider-Man turned into dust. I was like, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They've already yeah. announced another one. Yeah. I know he turns out fine one way or yeah. another. Like, yeah. they could have done... Like, same with Black Panther, because we knew there was going to be a Black Panther sequel as he was turning into dust. Doesn't matter. There's going to be a sequel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they might do it with Shuri, but, like, that seems to be squandering all the uh, good press you got from the first one everybody's into chadwick boseman that you can't just get rid of him no uh-uh. no i'd be stupid yeah so the fact that they already announced two more of these i mean i'm excited on obviously i'll definitely see them i think that halloween 2018 is in the top three halloween movies period yeah. I, I honestly think the top yeah. three would be original 2018 and probably season of the witch yeah i would agree with that and honestly, that's not me saying Season of the Witch is as good as those. It's just, no. man, those other Halloween movies yeah. fucking blow, y'all. Yeah. They suck. Like, I <laughs> look really forward do. to talking about them oh, on the show just so we dude. can talk shit. Yeah. Part four, 
because you know I, I did catch some of it before i passed out yeah i did the same thing like a week or so ago i watched about half of it and then passed yeah. it on the couch um there's a really gross pedophile remark is there the, the babysitter and her boyfriend are in the bedroom and he said why don't we get you out of your clothes and then maybe we can get Lindsay out of her clothes She's like the a kid, Ew. a kid, like a child ass kid. Ugh, Ugh. that's right. Gross. It's very it's gross. Not good, man. Yeah, yeah. Those other Halloween sequels are are bad, and you know Halloween three never really got the chance that it deserved because, like you said, the the way that it was set up was never yeah. really explained. I think to the consuming yeah. public, so they just yeah, wanted it was, to it see just more wasn't, I mean, Like unless you, I mean, maybe they put something in Variety, but your average individual is not subscribing to Variety in 1982. It's oh, just no. like, yeah. But again, like uh, 1982, there was there was <laughs> it was a time where the news was like a, a period of time. Like, today the news is now and always. Mm -hmm. Like, in 1982, it was like, okay, at 10.30, the news comes on. And that's the news. Yeah. You can read more news in the morning in the paper. Like, so yeah, shit just didn't spread as much back then. It would have been advantageous, but I don't know that most people would have been paying attention to entertainment that much. Honestly, dude, like I don't think that it it would have helped. I think that seriously, yeah. just the the general public, even even these days on the internet and stuff like that, where all information is available at yeah. your fingertips, and people still don't still ask you dumbass questions. I, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's a it's the kind of thing where it's like the answers to everything are there if people look, but most people just don't look. I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I put up where it's like. Here's this Macedon song uh, with my Sir Modern Satin, whatever, mm-hmm. in the video description. Well, what uh, what are you using in that video? On screen, <laughs> it'll pop up. Gear, Sir Modern Satin. In the video description. Hey, thanks for watching, guys. I'm using my Sir Modern Satin. Hey, Uncle Ben, what guitar are you using? <laughs> oh, God, dude. It's like, things are there if you look. Things yeah. are there if you look. If you just... Move your eye slightly <laughs> below the video. There it is. Information. There it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I appreciate that this movie tried to move the series forward into a new direction. And I maintained that doing the whole, like, having Halloween be a series of movies where there's a new one that's out every Halloween that deals with something crazy happening on the night of Halloween. Dude, I adore it. Yes. I think that would have been a fucking I think it's still anthology. a good idea, and I don't know why somebody wouldn't jump on it. I mean, if they just did it's something like, that was like stories from Halloween. Yep. Tales of Halloween. That's uh, easy. Yeah, exactly. Trick or treat. I mean, they could make another one of those. Like, all you got to do, an anthology series is genius for Halloween time. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants that. We well, just want a new story, want something to scare us, spook us, etc. Well, and the thing is, is you go, well, I don't know, that's pretty ambitious, because as soon as they wrap one, they have to make another. Well, how many fucking Christmas movies come out every fucking Christmas? Yeah. Also, they do that anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how Hollywood works. Yeah, they're always making <laughs> horror movies anyway. I mean, can you imagine uh, the boom mic operator complaining he's got another job? Oh, no, I have work indefinitely. Oh, oh. crap. This but is dude, so hard on me. <laughs> I would absolutely love it that if we had this... Halloween movie series that had movies that took place on Halloween because a horror movie in my book gets an instant like 
cool card when it takes yeah. place on Halloween. Yes. Tr- trick or treat, you know, yes. any of those that take place on the holiday just make you have to watch them every year. Yeah, and you want to because it gets you in the mood for the thing you already love. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's why we watch Christmas movies at Christmas. Too. Exactly. Yeah, it gets you in the spirit, you know? Uh-huh. This th- And this movie mentions the Halloween spirit, and I really yeah. dug that because me to me, this is horror season. Yeah, absolutely. And just to have a new flick every year that goes along with it would have been something that mm-hmm. I think would have been great, but I think that they just tried something that was too big of a risk. And this isn't the first time in a franchise's history that they've tried no, to shake things up, evolve the series, keep it fresh, uh-huh. keep it new. I think maybe before we start reviewing this movie, what if we just uh, what if we step on into the preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace. And maybe talk about some other flicks that tried to shake up their franchises and see what we think about that and how it went for them. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to only focus on horror here, but I have some horror examples okay. that I think are worth talking about. Give an about. example of one that tried to shake it up. Shake it up. R.I.P. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, the first one that came to mind was Friday the 13th Part 2. Okay, yeah, because then it's not Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, it's, it's not Mrs. Voorhees. Jason. And it became what it is. Like, without Friday the 13th Part 2, like, if they had tried to be like, okay, Mrs. Voorhees comes back as a zombie or whatever... I don't think it would have worked. I don't, I don't think, think people, people want to see old lady coming back to kill teenagers yeah. again and again. Yeah, people aren't coming out for Betty Palmer. <laughs> They're much more interested in, in Jason Voorhees. And they did take a risk with part two in just being like, well, the kid drowned in the lake in the 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now in the 80s, he's a, a grown man. Full grown man. <laughs> yeah. How did he come back? He don't is, worry about it. He's yeah, back. The less we say about that, the yeah, better. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's one of those like gigantic gambles that somehow paid off. They never fucking explained what happened to Jason. No. Not even. Like, not even approaching it. Yeah. Just avoiding the issue entirely. And And everybody's like, cool. (laughs) You know, it'd be one thing if they came out of the gate with a character that was so iconic and awesome with the machete and the hockey mask and stuff. Right. No, they they came out with a big hillbilly wearing overalls and a bag on his head. Uh Uh-huh. And he was, he's like scared. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was more he like, like towers like from people and deranged shit. mountain man yeah. than anything. Yeah, still pulled it off. Still pulled it off. Yeah, which is why I would say also that Friday the Thirteenth Part Four changed the series. Okay, yeah, because that's when we finally get the full iconic Jason. Yeah, like you do see the, the hockey mask Os- in hockey the third three. One. Yeah, yeah, but he he doesn't move as Jason Lee. He's not he's yeah. not as much and the big thing from my uh, go back and listen to our Friday the 13th part 3 episode. My theory is that he dies in part 3. He never died. He w- he had never died. He grew up. He was still very much alive in part 2 and 3 and then part 3 he gets the machete to the brain. Then he comes back undead in part 4 and that's where it changes to undead super jason unstoppable killing yeah. machine and it, that just got more and more ramped up with like five uh-huh. and stuff for sure until it you know went into full-on self-parody in jason x yeah and, yeah it is kind of interesting though how i think when we think about our archetypal versions of freddy and jason the two big horror icons from that era it's yeah. like it took a few installments to really get that character yeah. of where you think of him as when you really think about wisecracking, quippy mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. That wasn't really until four. Yes. So Nightmare Three set up the team sort of version that would become every single Nightmare on Elm Street after that, mm-hmm. where you got people basically 
Oh, so in other words, you're saying like part one was just kind of Nancy versus yeah, Freddie. Yeah, just Nancy. Nobody else was even paying attention to Freddie. Part two was just uh, way different. Way different. But still <laughs> part basically two great. A, solo, yeah. a solo actor versus yeah. Freddie. But then three, yeah, they're all acknowledging that he exists and fighting against them. And then four is where Freddie becomes what he becomes. So like three and four were their big transition periods to what would become to just... I don't think that like new horror characters get that many shots anymore. No, I think that if you're not established within one or two, it's it ain't yeah. happening, man. Yeah, they know. I because like who who would be? Fucking, I, I mean, Jigsaw by by part one was already I lay traps that kill people, and that's kind of all there is is to that character, right? Yeah, there's kinda no yeah, there's no, there's no evolution of it really, huh? Yeah. I just yeah. don't know that, that they'd get that many chances with a new franchise. They don't, yeah. Yeah, and people, they or, or it's that they're not as willing to take the risk anymore because a movie like Saw, say, you know, the first one was shot in 28 days on a very limited budget, etc., but it made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So then it becomes, it gets into the hands of the money men who are like, okay, well, we have to treat this with fucking kid gloves and not Don't change, change it. anything. Don't change anything. Just do it so again. So we can keep making that amount of money consistently. And then I hate it that the American public and just public all over the world told them that they were right. Yeah. They went out and was saying, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll cool. see it again and again and again uh-huh. and again and again. Don't change it. Uh, every vote, man, every dollar you spend a vote, y'all. It is. It's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> it really is, man. It is. But yeah, they definitely took some chances with those that did grow the franchise. True. So that was fun. But Ben, have you ever heard of a little franchise called Batman? Batman? Yeah. I know about Batman. What do you what do you mean about Batman? Well, you know how the first two were awesome? Yeah. And then they went downhill? Yeah, they got really bad. Mm-hmm. And then Batman Begins came along. Mm, yeah. And made them good again. Yeah, they they're like, well, you know, this whole kind of comic booky schlocky mm-hmm. shtick thing isn't really working for most people. I honestly still enjoy watching a Batman Forever and Returns and stuff. Well, yeah, they're fun, well, not, but not they're returns. bad. Batman and Robin. Batman is and Robin. Yeah, Batman Returns is awesome. Yeah, yeah, but they're both so fucking stupid because to me they feel like a shitty '70s comic book. Like yeah. everything's so cheesy, the lighting's super crazy, everything's over the top. The thing, the thing that is crazy to me is that when you, when you look back on this, there were millionaires making these decisions, and comic books were at the height of their popularity by the '90s. Oh man, the Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld era. Yeah, yeah comics were huge. And instead of hiring people who respected comics yeah. to make a Batman movie. They hired people who were like, oh, that bullshit? Well, we'll make it even campier and stupider than it fucking ever was. Yeah, that is exactly and then what happened. And then they're like mad because people didn't give them the money. Like, <laughs> What do you mean the you fans didn't give us the, the thing we wanted, The fans of the comic don't like it? That's impossible. Yeah. Well, and then look what happens when like you get guys like Jon Favreau and stuff yes, in charge. Yes, people love what they're doing. Yeah. Yes. Then it's like, great. It's amazing. Every time you put a fan in charge of the thing that they like, they're going to treat it really well. And I don't really know if Christopher Nolan likes comic books. I think that he Hmm, just was like, let's just put this in a different kind of universe. Yeah, he likes exploring uh, ambiguities and characters and stuff a lot. I... 
I don't see him as a biggest, comic book man. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan, but I I'm think not he showed a lot of uh, respect to the actual Batman yeah. in comparison to what we had seen in the couple of movies before it. Bat nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Holy rusted metal, Batman. Oh my god, dude. You know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, they definitely took a gamble on that one and it, it paid off in spades, except for that third one, which is really bad. It is bad. The one with Bane. Like, stupid, man. I, I could never... Like, watching it... The message of the movie seems to be that rich people are good and okay and yeah. everything's right with the world and nothing should change. I know. Yeah. And the people that want it to change are terrorists and they're really making it unsafe for us to go out in our streets. That's what I got out of it too. And who, that's not a message <laughs> that anybody wants or likes. Oh, billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce yeah. Wayne probably the billionaire liked it. Set, so like uh, six people. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't fill a movie theater with billionaires, could you? Oh my god, you might be right. And they control the world. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't. They made all those good decisions to get that money. That's right. That's I, how it works. If we wanted it, we could just go get better jobs. That's right. You know, well, maybe I come. I could get me a job as a billionaire. <laughs> Where do I apply now? All right, what's, a, what's another one that we got here of things that shook up their franchise paradigm? Okay, well, staying on the superhero, and, you know, it would be easy to argue that these things aren't all together, but the Spider-Man movies... Okay, yeah. Especially because of the introduction of Into the Spider-Verse, yep. they're all one. They all go together. That's true. You know yeah. what? Now that you mentioned that, since Spider Verse, that does kind of like mend together the, yeah. the Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that means Tobey Maguire's uh, universe exists. Uh, Andrew Garfield's universe exists, and the the what's his name? Yeah, the other guy. Frick. Yeah, I can't Tom, remember his name. Tom Holland. Tom yeah. Holland. There you go. <laughs> the Tom Holland universe. They all. It, it, Tom Holland's part of the MCU. Those other two are part of their own universes, but they still exist. And they could easily, I, I really hope they do this with End of the Spider-Verse Part 2, bring at least one of them in. Like, yeah. I'd love it if Tobey Maguire was brought in or Andrew Garfield. That would be fun. Just to kind of tie that together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and it's the kind of thing, too, that makes it less confusing as far as like, well, did those other movies never happen? No, they did happen. It <laughs> yeah. was just in a different universe. But so th what I'm saying is the the Spider-Man, uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man, the first one, it, it changed all the stuff before it. I mean, yeah... Tobey Maguire, a lot of people don't like him. For I don't some like reason. him, uh, but He's I don't creepy. like him as Spider-Man. But his part one was good. Part two is still one of the better comic book movies ever made, and then part three was just dog shit. Mm. And then those Andrew Garfield movies sucked. So it I don't was know like, anybody that likes those. They no. were just like at the bottom, and then along comes Tom Holland as the. Perfect, perfect. Spider-Man. Perfect. Everybody adores him. He's yep. so perfect. He is absolutely flawless yeah. as Peter Parker. And it changed, it changed the entire direction of the franchise. Well, and the fact, too, that they finally let him start playing ball with the rest of the MCU. I yes. mean, all the Iron Man involvement. That was kind of always like, the thing about Spider-Man is that he needed help a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? So, he would, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably the best way they could have gone. Yeah, but I like, too, that his interaction with the Avengers and these other Marvel characters and stuff 
puts it into light that he is an amateur. He's mm-hmm. new at this, yes. and he's hanging around yeah. pros and just trying to keep up with them and learn uh-huh. from them and stuff. We got a good bit of that with Tobey Maguire in the first one. Yeah. Of, of that, like, inept, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, Bones, Gar- and Bonesaw, who and, was ready. That's true. <laughs> Bonesaw <laughs> is ready. Macho Man hurt his neck on doing a stunt for that. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Right. That's right. Yeah, anyway... But yeah, Andrew Garfield, like, I don't know if you ever watched those. You didn't watch those? I never watched Andrew Garfield once, no. I, it just, it was all wrong. Yeah. Everything about it just didn't connect. Uh-uh. It was hard to care about it at all. So it, Tom Holland comes along and he's just this perfectly lovable dude, like. But also kind of a dork. But a dork like Spider-Man. Totally. Yes. Real relatable. <laughs> like he's a real life dork. Yeah. Yeah, that shook up that franchise in the best Mm-hmm. possible way in my opinion i think that's the first time they've ever really nailed what i wanted out of a spider-man movie ben what do you know about hp and the poa hp and the poa you talking about <laughs> harry potter and the prisoner of ass cabin ass cabin that's the one that's the one that did kind of mature yeah. up the franchise yeah, it changed quite a the lot. franchise quite a lot and made it better for yeah, sure yeah if they would have stuck with the whole chris columbus yeah. Sort of direction for the, the rest of the Everything's flicks. gold. They yeah. actually wear the robes they talk about. Because, like, seriously, once they started wearing normal clothes, I was like, yeah, that's better. That's way better you than can, wearing robes all the, the time. That's the thing, though, is, like, you can read the books, and they're talking about the school robes and stuff, and it never is lame in your head. No, but once you, you see, see it, it, it's like, oh, that's lame. It's not that yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Whenever Alfonso Cuaron yeah. took the reins and started trying to kind of grow up the franchise a little bit, it definitely did spin things in the right direction. That's not our favorite. Listen to our, our review about it, to your, our no, many problems with it. We did, we did enjoy it. It's, it's one I'll still watch. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. <laughs> no, huh? Yeah. No. And it doesn't feature near enough of those freaky anime guy. What? Animal fucking each other. <laughs> Again, listen to the episode for more on Animal that. Fucking. Listen, there's plenty. There's plenty about it on an episode. Yes, there is. <laughs> That's majority of what we talked about, I think. <laughs> How freaky can anime guy get? Now, here's my last one. Okay, uh, last no, one. There are a million. Please let us know what you think. Like, which movies changed franchises entirely? Fast and the Furious Part 5. Fast 5. Fast 5? What'd they do in there? Fast 5 is when they started becoming superheroes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so that they started got real doing silly? impossible shit. Oh. And it makes it so much better. Did it become like the shit that you do when you're like playing Hot Wheels in your driveway when yeah. you're a kid? Where you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. When I spin, yeah, you explode. Yeah. Now you're spinning too. Yeah, it became like, what if a kid playing with toys made a movie? And it's so much better than because like before it was this like sincere, overly dramatic shit about underground racing. Yeah, yeah. Which is like it was still fun. Like the first Fast and the Furious is still a good movie, but it's like I don't care how many times Dom says family. Like I, I want to see the cars. I, I want to see the cars. Blow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it kind of like the movie equivalent of Have you seen those little things where like artists take? Like little kids' monster drawings, and then they yes. draw them as they actually would be. Yeah, that's kind of like that. See, yeah, like because I, I, this isn't Fast Five. I think it's Fast Eight or maybe Seven, where the so Rock many. like uses a pistol to shoot a bag of grenades from like across <laughs> town. Basically, I'm pretty sure that's something I made up when I was yeah maybe seven the playing par- in the bathtub. Part Eight, I think, is where they parachute out of a a, a plane in their cars. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't even hear that without laughing. It's so awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. Yeah, man. like I missed that. Oh shit! Uh, I actually I I watched Lethal Weapon last night because uh, I don't know just because it's awesome. Yeah, and, and like watching it. You know the episodes of Always Sunny where they made like Lethal Weapon Five. Oh hell and yeah! They nail it. Like Lethal Weapon is that. They're not even exaggerating it. They're just adding a little comedy to it. It Lethal Weapon is ridiculous. It's so awesome, dude. We need more ridiculous action movies. I think so. Why not, man? Just yeah. dig in and have some fun with it. You know, that's a pretty good list of movies that that took a chance on expanding their franchise, yeah. trying something different, making it new and fresh. Kind of like how um, Alien Covenant Prometheus tried <laughs> to make Alien a pile of shit. Yeah, when I was when I was trying they to make that it. list, I I was like, okay, uh, any of the Alien movies? Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. They all made it worse. Oh my god, dude! You know, I keep hearing good stuff about this new Terminator. Really? Really? I know. Like, I'm like, huh. it looks like shit. It looks terrible. It looks fucking yeah. awful. The CG and everything looks like Though, garbage. The storyline I mean, sounds stupid. Can, I, I just hate previews. They they seem to make every movie look the same. They do. Yeah. They do. Um, but I keep hearing good things about it. I mean, I'm not going to get my, my hopes up. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go to the theater suit, but I'll watch it. I've yeah. watched all of them. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why break the streak at this yeah. point? Time for some commerce. God, Steve, I've got a real problem here. What's What's going on? I've been wanting to talk to spirits from beyond the nether realm. Oh. But I'm pulling out all my old Quicksilver t-shirts. They're not doing a thing for me. My no mm. fear, it's not communicating yeah. with the beyond. No, those t-shirts are not what you want. My Big Johnson t-shirt. Not doing it? It's not even communicating back to 1997 when I bought it from a flea market. That's crazy. I need a t-shirt line. What can talk to the Daz? Let me tell you about clairvoyant clothing. Clairvoyant clothing? Does it have the power to reach the beyond? I believe so, yes. At least one of their shirts does. The wow. Spirit Board shirt. The Spirit Board. I can use yeah. that to communicate with spirits from the nether realm. Absolutely. That 100% guarantee if you get a clairvoyant Spirit Board shirt, you will hear messages from the dead. Don't even don't even trip. That is a buff attribute stat boost that none <laughs> of my other t-shirts can can claim that's true none of them they got a lot of other great shirts over there too for one this is one i really like i'm wearing right now <gasps> that's it's what's on the, your body i want love shirt oh a little skeleton feller yeah because i did i do i want love i get a lot of it and i want some more you know what now that you mention it i can just hear something whispering from the beyond i can what hear i can hear a ghost saying to me right now that i'm i'm you're currently wearing, wearing one of their shirts. What? <laughs> What's going on right now? I'm wearing their awesome black metal logo yeah, t-shirt. I really like that. It's it's got the uh, pile of pile of sticks sort of. That's right. Black metal version in the classic true grim and cult fashion. Yeah, and these designs and way way more are available over on their website. That's what the spirits are telling me. Clearly. Starting at a low low price of just sixteen sixty six. For a spiritually charged T-shirt, all are welcome. I'm the spirit of a dead person. <laughs> Listen to me. Living was nice, I guess. But the spirits are also telling me that if you want a discount and want to spend even less money, what can you do? You can enter in a promo code at checkout. Dead and lovely. Is that promo code Dead and Lovely yeah, to receive six percent off? I believe so. Yes. Oh, spirits, you seem <laughs> kind of sure about what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. They also donate money to, like, mental health stuff, though. 
They're really cool. Good people. We like those clairvoyant folks. They're helping the living and the dead. So be sure to check out clairvoyantclothing.com. Now, Steve, the subject of our flick today is Halloween 3 from 1982. Mm. Is that right? Yep, 1982. When I was only negative two years old, just floating around in my dad's balls. Uh, no, you weren't. Sure was. 82? Sperm doesn't live that long. Sure, sure does. (laughs) Pretty sure. You weren't weren't even like some proteins his body had made yet. (laughs) Dang it. All right, then. So I'd have to wait a few years before I caught this one after I became a person, I guess. And uh, yeah, this is a this is a hotly debated flick it that is. seems to be a love it or leave it. It seems like when it came out, it was all leave it, and then for a period we had this thing where it was like now everybody loves it. It's like this forgotten horror. Yeah, jewel. it's become it's become a lot of people's uh, favorite horror cause basically to defend this movie. That's a good way to put it. It's yeah. it's like a horror cause for a lot of people. Yeah, because yeah. I will say kind of like what you were saying earlier in the episode. Like this wasn't given a fair shot no. because of people's expectations and stuff. Yeah. And and uh, they were right to expect it. Yeah, you name a movie Halloween three. The first two had Michael Myers. Like who in the world is going to go to the movie Halloween three and be like. Not going to be any Michael Myers. I bet in it this. doesn't have that Mike Myers yeah. or Laurie Strode in it. Like you expect to continue. He for sure obviously. died in the second one. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And um, you know, I was also kind of deceived about what this movie actually is because I only saw it for the first time maybe three or four years ago. I didn't see it when I was yeah. a kid. Oh well, yeah, I didn't see this as a kid either. I just remember seeing the box, mm-hmm. which the box and the poster I maintain are one of my favorite horror they look posters really cool. ever. It looks yeah. like so perfectly early eighties mm-hmm. with like the silhouettes of those kids wearing yeah. the masks and they got the red sky behind them. And you got the witch face that kind of like airbrush trails up. It looks great out of the frame. And even like the, the numbering for Halloween three, mm-hmm. it has that, I think of it as just that Bigfoot look where like there was all those logos when we were kids that looked like Bigfoot's font where it was like made of chrome. <laughs> yeah. So you saw like a sky or a horizon reflection. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Like Bigfoot's logo. You can always see the, like some like barren terrain or some didn't shit. The top gun logo look like that. Exactly. Too? Like yeah. Everything looks like that. Yeah. It was like, make it, make it look like it's out. Heavy made of metal. metal. I think the heavy metal. Yeah, logo. That's probably like what started yeah. it. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, but the poster for this is so sick. And have you ever seen the trailer for it? No. Uh-uh. The trailer makes zero sense. Huh. It's completely black. And then you get this outline of this witch mask, mm-hmm. like the witch face, you know, mm-hmm. the camera like slowly zooms in on it more and more and more and more. And then these like eyes open behind the eye holes of the mask. Ah. And it's like the night that no one came home. Halloween three season of the witch. And that's it. Oh, huh. so judging by the box and buy that trailer i was expecting this movie to be about like kids trick-or-treating and there being a witch right but it doesn't even get to that point it's it's all the build-up to that point and then the end <laughs> like yeah yeah you know and then you watch the movie and it's about tom atkins f- <laughs> fucking and drinking everything in sight he's, he and irish an people alcoholic uh who Let's just be honest. Tom Atkins is not the most handsome fella. Not a hunk. He's a good looking dude. I'm sure for your average individual. Well, he has that, that late 70s like yeah. rugged man appeal, yeah. like, I guess. But he's not a Harrison Ford or no. Burt Reynolds or anybody so like that. Alcoholic, not that great looking dude, divorced, and 
no woman can say no to him. No. Every woman's panties immediately fall off when Tom it Atkins just enters the room. It's insane. It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, so whenever I started watching this movie, it didn't really meet my expectations. And I was just like, well, that was weird. Yeah. And then I think I watched it again a day or two later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. When did you watch this the first time? First time I saw this, I was on LSD. <laughs> A good start. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I was hanging out uh, with a friend in Jefferson City. We were at his house. Sweet odd Jefferson, mm-hmm. as my fellow Colombianos say. I, I believe it was probably 99, 1999. Mm. And he was like, you want to watch Halloween 3? And I was like, doesn't that... like?" Because I remember as a kid, we didn't get it because it didn't have Michael Myers in it. We would yeah. never watch because like, I think maybe my older brother told us that and we were like, that's lame. And well, that, that was one of those things I was going to say too is yeah. I even remember before I watched horror movies, it's like we all knew those things. It's like yeah. you knew that, well, Jason's not even in Friday the 13th right. Part 1. Yeah. And you knew that Mike Myers wasn't in Halloween mm-hmm. 3. There's one that doesn't even have a man in it. It's really weird. Stupid, yeah. Yeah, it's like those are the things that were known even though I had never seen yeah. any of them, you know? And uh, watching it that first time, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, there's some real cool stuff in this. It's yeah. weird. Really, really strange. Weird. Yeah. But there's some interesting stuff. And watching it again, I'd say that was the correct assessment. Pretty much. It's a weird movie that has some interesting stuff i think it needs to be re reassessed i i realize that people want to defend it but i think like people have gone so far in defending it that they've made it like the best halloween movie or their favorite movie and it's like it's it's good enough and if it didn't have the halloween 3 logo it would probably be a classic in regular rotation but it, it it's not it's not amazing it's just better than the sequels beyond that's it. the thing yeah. and i know what you mean as far as like i think people do go a little overboard with like mega praising this movie i think that the fact that it was so um it was so not given a chance they're yeah. giving it too much of a chance right in response and and i get it like yeah you, you know if you want to defend the movie you kind of do have to take the full position like this is a great movie because if you're just saying it's okay, like nobody's disagreeing with you. They're just saying it's not great. Yeah. Well, it's almost like people's hate of something just strengthens their resolve towards it. Right. Trump voters. Trump voters. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I love, what was that? Huh? I love what? the booing and lock him up chants oh my at the World God. Series. Dude, how hard was that? That was so fucking awesome. Fucking amazing, If dude. only it had happened in Houston instead of Washington, D.C. Yeah? Because D.C., he's just going to dismiss it and be like, eh, a bunch of liberals or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if it had been in Houston, if the whole fucking just crowd of well, however many people were there just booing and chanting lock him up in texas had been pretty intense it would have he would have died he would have died <laughs> he would have just like his brain would have exploded oh my god man yeah this movie's cool i don't know if it's as cool as as what some other mm-hmm. people say um but for reasons that we'll talk about it's but it's got some real good like shit it. in it and i like it yeah well, that, that was like really how i felt about it at the end was just like man it's, it's good like yeah. i like it. it's a good movie 
So apparently it was the intention of uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill all along to make Halloween yeah. a different thing every they year. They never wanted to make the Halloween, Halloween 2. two. They yeah. were not. And, and they said they wouldn't come back for this at all if Michael Myers was going to be in it. So wow, they put their foot down. They really put their foot down and, and they, they wanted basically this great idea of an anthology series set at Halloween come out with a new one every year. It's, it's pretty genius and I wish that they I wish that two didn't exist basically is my point I was gonna say yeah. imagine though if it would have gone Halloween one and then this would have been Halloween two yeah th- then the expectation would be set and yep. then people would be like oh sweet can't wait for Halloween, Halloween three is gonna feature somebody different yeah. in that too and yeah. they could I mean there's small connections back to Halloween one and two but they could have continued that just dropping Easter eggs throughout and maybe even at a certain point have other characters come back from yeah. other movies. It, it it could have been all sorts of interesting, but instead it's, you know, whatever the fuck we got in part six. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember watching some stuff about the production of this and there was a big debate about whether they should call it season of the witch or yeah. Halloween three season yeah. of the witch. I think ultimately what they really should have done is just call it Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. But then every chance you get in the marketing, they should have been like from the people who brought you Halloween yeah. 1 and Halloween 2. Enter a new paradigm of Halloween adventure. Yeah. Season of the Witch. Yes. That's what they should have fucking done. Yeah, they should have been more informative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because sure. people, I think people would have gone along with this. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like I said, instant free gimme card because it's set at Halloween. Yeah. You're automatically going to watch it every Halloween. Now, this was written by... Oh, yeah. This was, a, like, it's really, truly written by Nigel uh, Neal, who was the creator of the Quartermass series. All of our Dead and Lobsters probably know what that is. I don't. I've never seen it. I know about it. John Carpenter was a big fan. Okay. And so he wanted Nigel Neal to write this. Nigel Neal wrote this, and then Dino De Laurentiis, producer, said there wasn't enough blood and gore in it. And he wanted more blood and gore, and Nigel Neal refused and ha- had his name taken off of the screenplay and then went through some rewrites. Eventually, Tommy Lee Wallace got the director. He got the full credit for writing it. Yeah. So, but he really only fleshed out some of it and did yeah. some rewrites, right? Yeah, it didn't change a whole lot as far as some, I can tell. Some fun trivia about Nigel Neal. Let's hear. That's the real name of our main man, Sam Neal. Is it? Yeah, his real name is Nigel Neal. Huh. Like, he didn't write this, but that is his name. Yeah. Wow. I know. Crazy, right? I did not know that. Yeah. Nigel. So, he didn't completely write this movie. He was just responsible for the last draft that got turned in, more or less. Yeah, and because the original writer had requested to have his name taken off, somebody's name had to go on it, so... Huh. Tommy Lee Wallace. He seems like a really humble, legit down to earth. Tommy Lee Wallace? Yeah. Yes. From all the interviews I've watched. From what I read, everybody loves working with him. Yeah, dude. Yeah. There's like a 30 minute making of that I watched on YouTube last night Uh about it. And it's got tons of interview footage with him. And he just seems like a really legit guy where Uh he's like, yeah, I didn't really write all this movie, but somebody had to take the credit. So they put my name on it. And I don't really think it should have been. I mean, I'm not going to complain about the check, I imagine. Yeah, Yeah. No kidding, right? No kidding. But we still have some of that original Halloween lineage on board here. Um, mm-hmm. I think we had John Carpenter and, and Deborah Hill. They were both working on it. And yeah. Alan Haworth and uh, John Carpenter did the score. Right. 
So also Jamie Lee Curtis makes a cameo voice appearance. Yeah, that's as right. The operator and the person who tells them about curfew's the curfew. Up. Yeah. 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 Yes. And of course there is footage from the original yeah. Halloween on Which TV. Which in this movie is a fictional story. So yeah. the original Halloween is fiction in this universe. So I have some, I have some questions about the weird stuff that that opens up. Yeah. Because apparently in this universe of Halloween 3, uh-huh. Halloween 1, and we can assume Halloween 2... Maybe. ...exists. Yeah. Definitely Halloween 1. Halloween 1 for sure, because we see it on the TV. What was Halloween 3 in this universe? Was it a Mike Myers movie? Or was there even Halloween it, 3 yeah. at all? Or does Halloween 2 even exist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, too, you start thinking about it, and it's like, okay, so does whoever... In this universe, does that that curfew voiceover? Does anybody ever tell her, "Man, you sound just like that Jamie Lee Curtis, that Hollywood actress from Halloween"? <laughs> She's like, "It's no big deal. Here, have some yogurt. Shut up." And what's her fucking name? Uh, Annie Brackett. That's Tom Holland's uh-huh. ex-wife. Is it Annie Brackett? Is that her? Annie Brackett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Nancy Atkins. Keys. I said Tom, Tom Holland. Atkins, yeah. Tom Atkins' ex-wife. Yeah, Nancy Keys. I guess they threw some flour in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, she- but like, she's like 20 something. Are people always telling her, you look exactly <laughs> you like look that chick like from Halloween? Like, you yeah. look exactly and sound yeah. exactly like her. Yeah, because they're like, like twins what, separated at birth or something. If they didn't show Jamie Lee Curtis on the screen, we could hypothesize that this is a world where the events of Halloween were turned into a movie. Yeah. But because we see Jamie Lee Curtis, it's that exact movie that we've seen. Yeah. So this this is a separate universe completely. That's complicated. That is mind-bending. Yeah, that's a little crazy. <laughs> it's complex. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know, there's just so many questions you could ask about that shit. But uh-huh. yeah, it, it is kind of funny to think about that kind of stuff. <laughs> so this this movie reminded me a good bit of They Live. I think they have yeah, a similar message, an yeah. anti-consumerism message. The things that we buy end up consuming us. The TV's controlling you. Yeah, I was going to say the broadcast yeah. mind control yeah. kind of scenario. And th- this is just a couple of years before. So I, you, you can tell John Carpenter was obviously thinking through some of those yeah. things. as Because he, d- he did some rewrites, as you said. Um, so th- there was definitely something going on there where the message of this never gets heavy handed. Because I really. never even thought of a message to this. And then when I was like watching it with a critical eye i was like oh it's saying the things we buy end up consuming us and that we basically become the things we own and and, don't trust the irish and don't trust the irish obviously (laughs) the clear message there (laughs) the irish are not to be trusted (laughs) they're all about those practical jokes practical jokes they all want how practical it was to steal part of stonehenge Use it to make masks to turn kids' heads into bugs and snakes. Duh. I mean, that's like Andy Kaufman level of practical, I guess. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's playing a yeah. long <laughs> joke. Like, who are you going to be laughing with in the end? And really, is anybody going to think that's <laughs> as good as the soft chainsaw or the dead dwarf gag? The dead dwarf? What is that? What, what the fuck are they be? talking about? Soft chainsaw? I get it. Sticky toilet Sticky paper. Sticky toilet paper? Get it. Dead dwarf. What the fuck is a like the old gag where you make your friend feel like they may have accidentally killed a dwarf? 
<laughs> Hilarious. Everybody <laughs> loves it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I think that there are definitely some like commercialism kind of messages uh-huh. um, going through here. I mean, all of the kids are just enamored by these masks and everybody yeah. has to have them. And, and the commercial plays over and over and over. It's like fucking 14 and song, times. Yeah. And the song gets just stuck in your head. And the song is intentionally annoying. Yeah, like, for sure. Really going out of their way to make it annoying. Do you think that it's anti-Halloween? I mean, do you think the message about like, hey, you mm. guys are messing with this thing that started as this pagan sacrifice ritual and yeah. now you're selling it to your children. Do you think it's an anti-Halloween movie? I I don't think so, but... <clears throat> it I think may it's be, also saying don't forget the roots of it. Right. You know? I think it may be a mo- an anti consumerism movement in how like let's get consumerism out of halloween basically like okay. halloween's a pure pagan uh, heel, hills <laughs> run red with the blood of children and animals yeah. type of thing yeah <laughs> so the 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 creator of the mask and the special effects artist on this don post he said this about the mask every society in every time has had its masks that suited the mood of society from the masked ball to clowns to makeup, people want to act out a feeling inside themselves. Angry, sad, happy, old. It may be a sad commentary on present day America that horror masks are the best sellers. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, because when you think about it, when you're thinking about every culture that has ever existed, whether you're talking about the kabuki masks of of japan Mm -hmm. or all the crazy tribal african masks and stuff every society has worn masks at some point whether it be for entertainment purposes or for the purpose of going into battle and intimidating your enemies or putting on a different face has been something that has yeah rung true being able to be someone different yeah for a moment Yeah. yeah that seems to be something that we've we've always had i guess so it would seem then that what what this is going for is that there there's something dirty and rotten in us like we've become rotten on the inside and that's why their heads turn into bugs and snakes like they're just filled with nothing good mm. so i i think that maybe is what they're going for less less of like anti-halloween more of like you people aren't good enough for halloween wow shit yeah. wow but so i i really liked what he said there about what our our most popular masks say about us. So I looked up the most popular Halloween mask I'd on like Amazon. I'd like to know, because, dude, yeah. that's one of those things that that's why I like doing this thing where we go to our friend's mm. place and give, a, give out Halloween candy is because I want to see what kids want right. to be, you yes. know? Like, last year, I saw so many, like, young African-American kids as Black Panther. Black Panther, yeah. Boys and girls. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. What you, what you'll be interested to know is the most popular Halloween masks are not for kids. They're okay. for adults. Whoa, okay. Like, a large, the majority of them were adult masks. So adults are way more into masks than kids. Huh. And the two masks that are most popular are the Guy Fox mask from V for Vendetta. Okay. Vendetta, which so, sells all year round. A mask of a terrorist. Uh, sure yeah <laughs> but again we gotta remember what v, what it stands for for the people that are wearing it it sure. stands for anti-establishment anti-establishment anonymous yeah. and then the second one is from the purge 
Really? So one Those of are the, the two most popular masks. Yeah, so what I'm going to tell you right now is I feel very good about Bernie Sanders possibly winning <laughs> the election when the two most popular masks are the people who are saying, this government is wrong and needs to be Holy fucking cow, changed. dude. The third most popular mask is the most frightening thing I've ever seen. I sent you uh, a text of it earlier. It was scary looking. It's just a, a human face. Yeah. Just human skin replacing mask. Replacing your own face with another person's face. And basically, it did look weird. The idea, and it looks very weird. And basically the idea there would be, I don't want to be myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to be another person. Be not, some other dude. I don't, I'm not dreaming of being some crazy fictional character. Just want to be somebody else. I'm Damn. tired of this one. You know, that's one of those like really weird freakonomic sort of things where what if... We did see this like huge correlation between who won the election and what Halloween masks were popular that yeah. year. You know, you're like, well, based yeah. on the Halloween mask predictions, I'm voting independent this year. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, like, I remember seeing people wearing like George Bush and Barack Obama Halloween masks. I have, I don't think I've seen a single picture of somebody wearing a Trump mask. No. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I know that we're wrong, but no, we're definitely wrong. They're, but I've not seen it. Yeah, any. Trump voters are probably all dressed as Trump. What? Yeah. I mean, they're not creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting about the mask trends and how you're saying that that a lot of them are, are licensed properties, like the yeah. you say the Purge mask. And yeah, stuff. The, pur- the one uh, the one I'm talking about specifically is from Purge election year. It's the one that. Uh, it's like kind of the Uncle Sam up. mask or something. Huh? It's like an Uncle Sam mask It's like or a something. sort of blank mask, but it's got like light up areas to it. Okay. Yeah. I okay. actually saw it when we had the meetup. Somebody at that like silent disco was wearing one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Costumes these days are, are getting interesting because I feel like more of us that, that do costumes and stuff on Halloween, we're trying to make it our, ourselves or make it our own yeah. and turn it into something that... Might be based on a pop, uh, you know, a, a pop culture icon, right. like but it's Tom not something you go and purchase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like very few of our friends that that do our costume party and stuff with us go out and buy a costume. Mostly, so, it's people making something. I, I mean, so if if we're right, if I'm right about what the message of this movie is, is basically the anti-consumerist, like get back to what Halloween's really about, sort of thing. Yeah. Then it makes sense why so many people defend this movie. It makes sense why so many people are like, no, that movie is great because. This, it was the movie that was saying in the time where everybody's costume was purchased at Walmart and was like a licensed product. We need to get back to the roots of like, you know, dressing up yourself, DIY, figure out what yeah. your costume is going to be. And so somebody could say like, well, everybody's just dressing up as movie characters or whatever now. It's like, yeah, sure, but they're making the costumes themselves. Like, people are going These, out like, of their way. cosplayers and stuff, dude. Yeah. They do insane exactly. shit. People are going way hard on it. So what you're seeing is if they look exactly like the character they're going for, what you're seeing is a lot of fucking it's work. a lot of fucking work, yeah. man. Well, and you know, when you think about it, too, the kids' Halloween costumes in this, they're only being sold three things. They're being sold yeah. the skull, the three witch, options. the pumpkin. Yeah. Most of the kids' costumes in this make no fucking sense. No. It's like a ballerina with a pumpkin head. Yeah. Or like a clown with a witch mask. Yeah. They're it's like they, they just buy the masks. <laughs> it and makes they, no sense. They make no sense. No. You know? There's also a message in here, too, that um, I didn't catch the first several times that I watched this. But that part where Tom Atkins and what's her name that plays Ellie go into her dad's yeah. like store, 
the first thing she starts talking about is how like yeah all the shopping malls and stuff have really killed this place off i bet you bought your kids masks at a a big corporate shopping mall right like i never even, even noticed that the first couple times i watched this mm-hmm. but that's definitely anti big business yeah. anti-consumerism kind of message yeah I think. this this movie goes hard on that too i think and it's something that uh, i haven't seen talked about a lot but this this movie it really you can tell where john carpenter's head was in the early 80s yeah it was Fuck capitalism. Fuck, fuck capital, yeah, fuck yeah. Reaganism. Yeah. Fuck all of it, man. What do you think about the intro of this flick? Because as soon as the movie started the first time and we're getting this digital lines, this digital readout yeah. going across the screen, and we got this crazy synthesizer score, mm-hmm. everything automatically felt so much more mechanized and computerized uh-huh. yeah. uh, than the original uh, Halloween and its, its follow-up And too. also, the design is flawless. Whereas the first pumpkin we saw on Halloween has a flaw. Yeah, it's got the it's nose It's made cut. by hand. Right. This oh, is made yeah. by computer. It's flawless. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, because it's cool that like it opens up with that tie-in of during the credits, there's going to be a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that could have carried out through all of them if they would have done yeah, this as like, an anthology series. Yeah, they could have just tied series. it together with that. Yeah. yeah, they all start with some kind of cool pumpkin intro. Because mm-hmm. one had, of course, the original Jack Lantern. Yeah, Two then, had the Jack Lantern with the skull in uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Uh, 2018 had the yeah, reforming cool, jack yeah, that which was I cool. thought was really yeah, dope. That was a good idea. And then the fact that this one had computer pumpkin just made that such a cool way to yeah. tie that thing in thematically. Uh-huh. And dude, one thing that I noticed about it this time too that I'd never caught before that also I've never heard anybody else talk about. You were talking about ways that this ties in with the original too. Uh-huh. The soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Everybody knows the Michael Myers. Universally, everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's in an odd time signature and stuff, and features all these weird key changes, everybody knows the Mike Myers theme. Mm. Now, this one during the intro and all throughout the movie, it never uses the Mike Myers theme. There's that theme later on whenever Connell Cochran is talking to Tom Atkins and Halloween's on the TV, and you get Laurie's theme in the background because it's playing on the TV. That's Mm -hmm. that. Again, what's that called? Where the music that we're hearing is actually in the scene? Somebody, There's a word for somebody it. Said, yeah, somebody even answered that I know. Like, when we had that question before, and I don't remember what How it was. How quickly we forget. Yeah. The word is diegetic. <laughs> so in this movie, they never use the Myers theme. They never use... But that soundtrack, that synthesizer motif that's playing at the first, and then all the other crazy synth stuff that happens throughout the movie, uh-huh. all uses the exact same intervals as the Myers theme. Okay. Oh, okay. In, and, and if you're listening, you don't know, intervals are the ways that we describe the distance between notes yeah. in music. So like, for example, it's all based around the major scale. And I'll give you a, a couple quick ones that you already know. Uh, think about the first couple notes of Here Comes a Bride. Uh-huh. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. When you hear bum, bum, you've just heard a note travel, what we call a fourth. Okay. That's the distance from the first to fourth note in major scale. Uh-huh. The Michael Myers theme features the use of the fifth, mm-hmm, which is the first two notes of the Top Gun theme. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, da, 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 you know? Yeah. The first two notes in that are what we call a fifth. Again, okay. the distance from a first to fifth note in major scale. And the other note in the Michael Myers theme, like the last like high note it ends on, da, 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 yeah. that one, that's a minor six interval. Okay. So it's the first to six note in a minor scale. Okay. So the Myers theme uses root, fifth, and flat six. Gotcha. Or, or minor six, we could call it. 
all of the themes in this, the really crazy, fast, weird synthesizer things that they play are all based around root fifth and minor six. Oh. And I know that's deliberate. Well, I absolutely yeah. know it's deliberate. Same people who made the music for the first two. And yeah, Alan Haworth and uh and John Carpenter. Yeah, so they they definitely knew they did that intentionally for oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely so. And it's cool too because like the original Mike Myers theme, like I said, is in an odd time signature. It's in a, a five eight meter, which is kind mm-hmm. of a regular. There's actually parts in this soundtrack that are more complex where it'll feature a a thing based around the Myers intervals in nine over sixteen time, which is very complex. Yeah. But it's against a four over four polymeter in these bass notes. It's uh-huh. really weird. But I had never noticed it. I've never heard anybody talk about it, but the music in this is the Myers notes just rearranged. And I think that's really fucking cool. That is really cool. And it's all done on a more eighties modern at that time synthesizer sound. Yeah, It's all synthesizers too. Like they, they did nothing but synthesizers for this. And this was the first time that John Carpenter and Alan Hallworth did what they, they then continue to do beyond that which is they had the movie playing in the room and they they would like score it to the movie That's cool. and try to get exactly you know what they were they were aiming for just you know go back find exactly what hits that exact moment That's like, pretty dope. Yeah, it's so involved too though. Ooh, like to, yeah, to get that deep into it, I have to keep going back like do we want it to hit there or we want it to hit a little later? Do we need to change up the time signature so we yeah. can hit it at this yeah, moment? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Well, and too, I mean, it's not like they were recording this shit digitally. Everything no, was yeah. a lot harder to yeah. do back then. So there was a lot of man hours mm-hmm. went into that. And even that super goofy ass public domain London Bridge. Yeah. 8 more days to Halloween theme. Dude, like the parts that it starts playing that and like it's melting kids faces off and stuff uh-huh. by that point in the movie you've already heard that thing a dozen times yeah. it's just this dumb kids song thing but then during that that demonstration that we get where they show what the commercial in conjunction with the masks does and it melts that kid's face and shit yeah and it starts like accelerating and the harmony gets really discordant yeah. and stuff Dude, it's really disarming. Yes, it is. Because you've already heard this completely harmless, childlike, annoying theme the whole movie. Yeah. And then they give you this horrific imagery with it and then start fucking the song up, too. Yeah. I found it really effective. Yeah. It was great. They also, the moment where he's going back towards the motel room and he sees the doors open. Yeah. Like, the sound sounds like a fire... Uh, or a smoke alarm going off. Oh, yeah. And I was like, it, like, it kind of like gets more intense as he gets to the room. And I was like, oh, the smoke alarm is going off in the room. But no, it was the music. It becomes something different beyond that. Yeah. Like, they kind of tell you the emotion was, he feels at that time. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. It makes, it gives you that like emergent feel. Like, when you hear a smoke alarm, like, what the fuck? I got to do something yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, genius. Just absolute awesome sounds like they re- i mean we know john carpenter knows what he's doing but oh, like yeah. this is 82 this is before he had you know become what he became like halloween was huge but we still didn't have the thing right that came out in 82 too right Ooh, that's a good question i don't know we'll need to get the interns on that yeah <laughs> fuzzbead get the ledger bring the ledger post haste Escape from New York, like all those things were ahead of him. Yeah. And his, I guess the recognition uh, that has come now that John Carpenter 
just destroyed horror movie scores. Like he made he made everything different. Mm-hmm. Everything had to change and it had to be more like it had to fit more organically with the movie because before it could be just like you know strings or whatever yeah, and really hit that scores. moment where it's uh, the jump scare or whatever but no he he made he, he wanted set to make it the thematically for yeah. sure man absolutely yeah and i mean even the fact that this is so like we said synthesizer and sequencer based and mm-hmm. everything fits this movie so well because it's so tied into technology yes there's even that line later in the movie i love that that cochran says he's like this room is full of advanced and ancient technology implying yeah. that technology is something that's always existed it's just uh-huh. it, maybe it used to be called magic well, you know okay so one other way they bring in what you're talking about right there is with the automaton that tom uh Tom Atkins, I, what is his name? Dr. Chalice, Chalice. right. <laughs> that Tom, Tom Atkins breaks on accident and he says that like, you know, this is an automaton from 1785 or whatever. Oh, the, like the sewing robot. Yeah. That thing looked freaky as fuck. Well, that's the, the thing. Uh, uh, okay. So I, when I did my class on the undead at the university of Tennessee, I had a class specifically dedicated to automatons. Oh, because automatons have been around for a long time. Is that Very like a, convincing. Like a replicant, like a lifelike robot? It's, it's like a... Um, okay, so basically the difference between an automaton and an android is uh, mechanical and digital. Mechanical an automaton is mechanical. It's basically a clock. Okay. Like just right. super complicated. So the motion, you know, to, to do the sewing, they're all in there would have been, you know, wheels and cogs turning each other, et cetera, like yeah, a clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All mechanically geared yeah. to do that action. I, Very I, complex. I'm, like I'm telling piano. you right now, go to YouTube, look up automatons, and fi- find out just how convincing they look Whoa. and how long they've been around. Like, there are automatons... That were reported about in like the twelfth century that an Arabic prince had in his twelfth century. Yes. What? Uh, yeah, he had like this huge. Um, what are they called? Peacock. Okay. He had this huge peacock automaton that l- looked extremely convincing. He had an automaton that played the flute and danced. What in the fuck? Yeah. Way pre-electricity. Like this, yes. is, this is shit that would run off of winding it up with yep. a key. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. So, like, when we think about, like, you know, yeah, there's always that sort of idea that if you brought somebody from the past into the future, they'd be marveling at our technology. Like, I think if we went back into the past, we'd be marveling at how stupid we thought they were. No kidding. They weren't that dumb. <laughs> like, wow. people were very smart back then, just like they're very smart now. They just had less technology. But they were fucking working on it. Well, and also, they just had less free time than we yeah. have now to advance technology. Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. Rene <laughs> His daughter died in childhood, and he had an automaton made to look exactly like her and he took it with him everywhere he went that's terrifying i hate it thank you <laughs> really so the man who yeah the man who said that basically existence is is thought and outside of um outside of us and inside of us simultaneously uh he he was so obsessed with not missing his daughter that he has this 
basically robot version that did, he takes everywhere. Did his daughter perhaps have extendable arms and maybe like a periscope that would come out of her head that she could use with maybe well, yeah, that's go-go why, gadgetry? That's why he missed her so much because he was like... And sometimes there's things that's just out of reach and, you know. Was Descartes' enemy Dr. Claw? Yes. <laughs> really? I'll get you, Descartes. <laughs> Wait, what was his voice? I can't remember Dr. Claw's voice. I'll get you. I'll get you, Descartes. It was more death metal, more yeah. back of the throat. <sighs> <laughs> I know I want to see Rene Descartes and his... His automaton daughter versus Dr. Claw as a cartoon. And I think it, it, the French would translate into win win gadget. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be deeper and more yeah, thoughtful for exactly. sure. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, the automaton thing, though, yeah. It, it, That's crazy. It really goes into that ancient technology idea that, like, you know, we we always want to pat ourselves on the back. We're so much smarter than previous generations or whatever. We're all we've all had the same level of intelligence. Are. I mean, because to me, it's like when I look at how much resources we have that are easily available and how much we utilize them, mm-hmm. versus people in the past traveling miles to get to a library to read it from a book. Yeah. I think that they did more with less information, whereas we have yeah. all the information mm-hmm. in the palm of our hands and probably on average do less with it. I mean, I exposure think. to the world is what destroys racism and sexism and all those things. Exposure, learning more about other people. The person who sits on the internet always absorbing information is not exposing themselves to the world. That's true. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. You're gathering information, but you're not seeing it in the real world. So it's easy then to see how uh, Nazism can re-rise because it's all uh, concept. And you can say like, well, maybe we do need to round up some people and kill them. But put that person in that situation of having to round someone up to be killed. I think they'd change their mind. Yeah. So exposure to the world is first-hand exposure. Yeah, first-hand exposure to the world is equally as important as information. Yeah, second-hand is not the fucking same at all. No. No, you're right, man. You're right. Yeah, so in this movie, our main dude that we follow around is old Dr. Chalice. Dr. Chalice. Who knows his way around doing some surgery, except that we never see him do any actual doctor work. Not at all. Ever. We do see him uh, drink do and fucking smoke. A, a good bit of <laughs> drinking and smoking. Yeah. Which, as we know, doctors do drink and yeah, smoke a lot. They do. Yeah. Do- it's surprising. My wife is always disappointed by it's how many surprising. nurses and doctors smoke. And it's Dude, just like. The thing is, though, is like, I know it's easy to look at that on paper and be like, you're a doctor. You know that's bad for you. Yeah. Can you even fucking imagine? the stress level that you have when you go into work and you're like, I might have to fucking resuscitate a child today yeah. or accidentally kill a child while doing surgery. Like help that at all because uh, like the conception, oh, yeah, that, the yeah. concept that cigarettes calm a person is only true of people who smoke cigarettes. I was going to say they calm a person who's addicted to nicotine. Yeah. And guess what? The reason you were uncalm because you're addicted to nicotine. <laughs> Because you spent the whole rest of your life before you started smoking not being yeah. anxious and worked up and right. on edge. Yeah. It's just when you got addicted to nicotine yeah. that, it, that it kicked in. It's crazy. I want to yeah. know the, fir- the the person who finally smoked their first cigarette and they went, 
Ah, oh, finally refreshing. Finally calm. <laughs> like I've spent eighteen long years being on edge. Now yeah. I am complete. Most yeah. people I know fucking throw I've, up I've the in, first time they smoke. I've intook this drug that raises my heart rate. Ah, relaxing. <laughs> sweet, sweet mess. <laughs> but you know, it's like if if it was up to me every day to go in and save lives and it's, tell people they're yeah. dying, I'd fucking be getting crazy. fucked up every night. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing I think no, is I, so... I fucking play guitar for a living. I get fucked up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I played a note wrong. Big deal. <laughs> that's a good point. You know? Yeah. So it's like, imagine my I stress don't level... I deal with that stress no. right now and get drunk all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine how I... I would do if human <laughs> lives were at stake every time I punched in. Jesus. Holy shit, man. I it's I, it's one of those things that like people really need to pay attention to. People who are anti like uh universal health care. Not one person is saying doctors don't deserve the money they get. No, of course not. No. We, all we're saying is insurance companies don't. They don't deserve the money they no. get. Fuck no, dude. No, they're just a go between that's fucking everything up. Yeah. Doctors deserve every cent they get. It's the worst fucking job. It takes so much training. I could never. It, it, it takes so much training to get the most stressful job on earth. Yep. Hard pass. You couldn't pay me enough money to do it. But what I will say is nurses deserve way more fucking money. Oh my God, yes. They do way Holy more shit. interaction with patients. I'll guarantee you this. When a patient dies, the nurses are more devastated than the doctor because they've been with that person. Oh, yeah, bedside the whole time. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, So nurses deserve more money. Again, insurance companies deserve zero. Yeah. (laughs) Go to hell, you bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, Tom Atkins in this, I think, is supposed to be playing just like a a gruff, rugged, everyday man kind of guy. His wife is obviously like. Uh, I oh, I think a, she's supposed to be a shrew, but she's just she's not. Tr- she's not is the yeah, thing. Yeah, the entire time I was like, yep, she's right. He's in. I wouldn't be with him either. Fuck no. The dude. man buys a six pack of uh, high life tall boys <laughs> to go to a place in the same county. Yeah. By the time they get to the motel, six pack's gone and he wants a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? Ellie's like, we got to get going. And he's like, eh, hang on now, little lady. Yeah. He's getting late and I could use a drink. Yeah. What did you just finish the, the sixth 16 ounce Miller High Life tall <laughs> like, what What's your f- point? I was, I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah. I need beer now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. His character is really odd, especially considering how how strong of a female Laurie Strode yeah. was. They and went then, the whole opposite way. I mean, in the second one, Laurie's in a coma the whole yeah. fucking time, but there's still some... That really fucked up that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That, there's a lot of problems with Halloween, too, mm-hmm. man. People way overrate that movie. Let's yes, try episode on that for more, yeah, for more sure. thoughts on that one. But it was kind of weird to me that they went from... You know, John Carpenter's originally original vision of, yeah, Laurie Strode survives because she's paying attention and she's watching and she's just not concerned about boys and partying and stuff like mm-hmm. this, to Tom Atkins, pro-alcoholic, mega-sexual harasser, <laughs> I-fucked-every-woman-in-town surgeon yeah. guy. Yeah, it does seem like every woman he's talked to, he has had a past sexual relationship All with. of them. Yeah. All of them, dude. He's talking with that, like, the, the black nurse. Mm-hmm. And they're walking down, and he's like, I should have married you. And he, like, yeah. slaps her on the ass. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Can't do that no more. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then even, like, the, uh, uh, who's, like, the forensic detective lady? Te- Teddy? Yeah. I think her the, name is. Yeah, the medical examiner. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's a sassy. 
jokester type yeah, of lady, but there's obviously some past relationship with that. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I always make time for dinner. She's with like, you. still drinking too much or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that they have some kind of past. And yeah. he, even after he's like hooked up with. This girl that's like young enough to be his fucking daughter that yeah. he just met the, the day before. The actress is twenty one years younger than him. Woo! Yeah, that is a difference. Yes, it is. That is a difference. He's still on the phone with Teddy, and she's like, "You're gonna owe me some dinner," and he's like, "Oh, I'll eat you out anytime." Yeah. Or whatever he says. <laughs> I'll <laughs> like, eat just, you whoa, out anytime. <laughs> like way too far, man. <laughs> like the stuff that he said. It's like Ron Burgundy lines. Yeah. Half of the movie coming from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Dude, what is up with he and, and Ellie's chemistry? So Ellie's dad gets yeah. killed. Her, her dad who looks about the same age. About the same. Mm-hmm. Tom Atkins is the guy that's on the job. He goes to the funeral for whatever reason. He's just disturbed by what he saw. This yeah. guy coming in, clutching this mask. They're going to kill us all. Yeah. For some reason, that's enough for him to be like, you know what? That's Fuck spending time with my kids yeah. and family. I got to find out about this. <laughs> Which, again, maybe also ties in with the commercialism element and says something about the, the dissolving family unit right. in America. I, don't, I really don't know. Honestly, mm. this might have just been man stuff in 1982. Probably. It's kind of hard to say. Like, I don't think John Carpenter would put that out there. No. But the other people that worked on this movie, I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to make man movie doing man stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because John Carpenter was always working with Deborah Hill. Like, he always had the... the, the female perspective to work off of with this it's yeah it's written by one man and rewritten by another man like yeah it doesn't seem like they consulted to be like would a woman be interested in this man (laughs) after her dad died she immediately wants to fuck this doctor that pronounced him dead yeah that's right that's how that works as soon as you as soon as you get into a funeral panties off (laughs) (laughs) gotta fuck somebody it's really weird to me just how quickly that relationship arises seemingly yeah. for no reason. Like they check into that hotel and Ugh. he's like, I could sleep in the car or get another room if you want. And she's like, where do you want to sleep? Big guy. Mm. Dude, have you noticed in the scenes where it shows them like in the frame together, just how much bigger his skull is than yeah, hers? He's much larger he's than her. He's huge. Like yeah, her head is so tiny. Shoulders. He's like probably six one he looks like a big guy he looks like a big old dude and she looks like a a young michael jackson she does (laughs) she's a cutie uh dude it's stacy nelkin she's adorable but she seriously looks like a doll she does like she has the weirdest sharpest little nose yeah uh-huh. You know, and it seems like as and she's got big eyes, huge eyes. Huge, yeah. You know what? Honestly, she looks like somebody that Argento would have seen and been yeah. like, "I want to make yeah. a da pizza mm-hmm. with the you, <laughs> with the you." She looks like an Argento brunetto. She does, yeah, like absolutely. And she has an S name, so we know she's a snake. Oh, she's a snake. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> S names are for snakes. <laughs> But I think as she's like gotten older, I've seen her in some like uh, interview stuff in the past several years. Like she's definitely grown into her features more. Yeah, she's so striking looking and unusual in this, and it actually kind of makes sense when she becomes a robot because she almost looks like a <laughs> yeah, mannequin, or kind of unreal to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that's true. She is. That was a good choice. Yeah, because everybody who is a robot does seem to have that. Like they went for a particular face. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Apparently, they originally wanted all Irish people, like all redheaded, like daywalker people, to be the the automatons. <laughs> in in 
Central California. Yeah. Well, the gotcha. funny thing is, though, is okay. So that was the original plan. They wanted all the henchmen to be pale, redhead uh, Irish people, right? But they couldn't find enough, so they just got guys that had that mannequin-esque sort of look right. about them. They couldn't have dyed their fucking hair. Was that Did hair dye not exist back then? They acted like, well, we can't find enough redheads, so I guess that's out. I'm, dye the fucking hair. I'm willing to bet in 1982, you probably couldn't convince a man to dye his hair right yeah. that's kind of what i'm sort of thinking it's like i guess that was sort of an issue back then so yeah. they're just like i don't know just get guys and put them in suits yeah. whatever have them get uh, hit by cars gosh masculinity used to suck it still kind of <laughs> does well you know what though, the still thing does is, a lot <laughs> i was watching this movie and i was seeing tom atkins just walk into every room and instantly be the center of attention for every yeah. woman and it's obvious he's already fucked everybody and all this stuff and it's like oh only only an out of touch old man could write this well, like <laughs> and also could you imagine just like the absolute power trip of being like a white dude in the early 80s just knowing that you walk into any room and you're like this is mine this is mine i do whatever <laughs> I want here. I'll grab that lady by the ass. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like it had to be a real power trip. Man. <laughs> that is sad. That's so sad. What a sad life that would have been, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean I just, I don't know. There's still there's still dudes like that. I think we're moving away from it a lot. And there's still people that let dudes like that exist. Yeah, there's still people that like that like that yeah. dude goes away if you let him not exist yeah you know if you lay down the groundwork mm. of like that's not acceptable then that guy goes away yeah the chick playing ellie i think that she does a good job i think tom atkins does an awesome job yeah. like tom atkins He's really is, good in this. even yeah. even though he is just like very fucking you know prototypical chauvinist man protagonist yeah. guy he's very likable and he like is. in interviews and stuff that guy seems like he fucking rules yeah he seems like a great guy and well, i mean he's in he's in other stuff that well, we will eventually we talked about yeah. him in creep show he's also in the fog tons of stuff he's also a maniac cop which is a movie we would have never covered and we did on a friday night streaming right, chat yeah. but it's been announced that nicholas reffin uh the director of drive is making a TV series out of Maniac Cop. What the fuck? For like HBO or something. <laughs> what? So we're going to have to do Maniac Cop eventually. <laughs> what in the fuck? Well, I'll back up too. When I say that he's likable, I don't mean that when he gets off the phone with his wife and kids, I'm like, yeah, I tell those fucking no, pesky it's kids. It's like, oh. I just, I just his mean. His wife he, is messy. Yeah. I just mean his, his screen presence and yeah. stuff is enjoyable. Yeah. The actor himself is obviously portraying this character very well. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I, that's what I mean by mm -hmm. that. And they become in, in, wrapped up in this conspiracy sort of plot where there's these masks that are being sold in mass all over the country to these kids. And Ellie's dad was killed holding one of these masks, saying they're they're gonna come to kill us all. Wouldn't let go of it. Yeah, like even they had they had him in a hospital gown, like they had to take his clothes off. Did he at no point yeah. relinquish that? Because I know I'm hanging on to this. this I'm taking this with me yeah. right here. He he runs into that gas station, and there's that black dude in there who I recognize from something. I don't know what I know him from, but I've seen him in hmm, something else. I should have looked. I... Did you notice how nervous that black dude was when he took? Ellie's dad into the hospital and he's trying to explain to him. Yes, he's like, yo, yeah. I was just trying to help him. He come yeah, in like, like please this. Please don't shoot me. Yeah. Like he totally uh, had this. Please, please don't, don't put shoot me, me in jail for helping this white man. Yeah. He like literally sneaks away looking over his shoulder yeah. when he's done nothing. Yeah. What the fuck was that about? That just a sad reality. <laughs> 
like it's definitely yeah. a thing though yeah like that's not like we're looking into that it's like no he was really nervous that this black dude brought in this injured white guy to a hospital this was he a was minor blip yesterday but did you see people jumping on bernie's shit for uh he was asked at a historically black college well what if if you had a black son what would you tell him when dealing with the police and basically no, he said like be polite keep your hands in your pockets don't reach for anything or you'll get shot and people were mad at him for it and it was just like like but it was white people who were mad at him yeah because then black people were like that's the conversation i had with my dad yeah yeah yeah. like that's what we have to deal with so it's just this super sad reality of the 80s that this man can't even help a white man without having to worry yeah about getting in trouble or getting blamed for it it was one of those things that I don't know exactly why they decided to put that in the movie, but it was definitely deliberate. Like they yeah. wanted a black guy in that gas station and they wanted him to help this guy out and bring him out yeah. and shuffle out. I wonder not if there was caught. like a news story around the time this was written or Maybe. something like that. I mean, cause I, I can imagine certainly uh, black men jailed for helping white man yeah, <laughs> like, totally. as a headline. That yeah. had to be in there. Some kind of like current politics subtext. Yeah. Something, something was going on with that. I should yeah. think. Yeah. So as they get involved in trying to figure out what is going on, they find out that Ellie's dad had gone to the Silver Shamrock factory to pick up some masks, and mm-hmm. they find his yeah his journals and his logs and all this kind of stuff, and they eventually go out to this town where the masks are being made, the town of. Santa Mira. Santa Mira, which is was the town in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is kind of what this is, is body snatching-ish sort of thing. Kind so, of, yeah. and that makes sense too, because during one of those like making of things I watched, um, who's the guy that, that was credited with writing it? Uh, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace yeah. said, you know, the first Halloween and second Halloween were knife movies. Yeah. This is a pod movie. Yes. Those were his words mm-hmm. about this, is that yeah. this is a pod movie, a movie that, about people assuming other yeah. people's identities and so on. The town the town name was actually used also by John Carpenter in Memoirs of an Invisible Man and in Sharknado's 2 through 4. Wow. This is yeah. like a movie trope at this yeah. point. Santa Mira. Like in Santa yeah. Mira. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Which would mean Saint Look... Or saint, <laughs> saint like in the mirror view? or something. Yeah, I don't like, know. I didn't thought about that. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> huh. And they go out there and they find that apparently this entire town is, I guess, uh, basically owned and run by immigrants, by Irish immigrants yeah. who came to California. And it's a, a company town. We're told, which uh, basically means everybody there works for the yeah, factory. Company owns yeah. everything, and that's the Silver Shamrock mm. Company. And as they get out there, they find about about this whole plot about pieces of Stonehenge being stolen <laughs> to power these masks. Now, at the very first of the movie, you, you get treated to like 10 seconds of a news broadcast yeah. of like, this piece of Stonehenge has been stolen. <laughs> stolen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it's that like never that, comes back again in the movie until the very fucking yeah. end. It's, it's like a Bond villain or something. Like yeah. Stealing Stonehenge. a piece of Stonehenge. Now... Let me go ahead and call bullshit about uh, something he says about Stonehenge. He talks about human sacrifices at Stonehenge. There's no evidence that there were ever human sacrifices. You sure about uh, that? You sure? There, there is one body that was found nearby that they think may have been part of a, a sacrifice ceremony. Maybe. Did they find out he actually just botched a kickflip? <laughs> it's possible. He was shot uh, from three different directions with arrows, which doesn't sound like any 
sort of uh, skate park scenario. That yeah. doesn't really sound like that yeah. to me. I mean, are you sure he wasn't trying to nose grind off the plinth of one of those, you know, that was probably massive it. monoliths? Yeah, and they were like, nope. You fucked up. Arrowed. Arrowed. <laughs> I think it could have happened. <laughs> okay. They need to check the, the, the I tops. I mean, I'd love to see it. Yeah, they need to check the tops of those monoliths there for to grinds. see. For grinds, if there's any grip tape yeah. that's been left stuck onto those, it would sand an edge smooth if you were riding that grip tape along yeah. the edge, I would yeah. say. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man, look for the signs, y'all. <laughs> so you're saying sacrifices for Sawin not really held at Stonehenge. Uh, for Sawin, yes, but at Stonehenge in particular... Less uh, so. Less so, and, and potentially not at all. Connell Cochran seems pretty sure that that happened. He does seem, and he, he is extremely Irish with that name. Dude, <laughs> yes. And Connell Cochran. I think that guy dominates the fucking screen. Yeah, he's, he he's a great actor. dominates. I he think is. his voice and mm-hmm. his accent and yeah. everything are just so strong and re- evil and cold. Yeah, he, he is Irish. Uh, yeah. Dan O'Hurlihy. O'Hurlihy. That's a pretty fucking Irish name. I believe I read he was going specifically for a cork accent. Cork accent. Okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's great. Like, I mean, the guy, he was nominated for an Academy Award in 1950-something. Wow. He he did like over 150 movies before this, so... Wow. He, he a veteran of doing. the silver screen. Yeah. They they really brought... Like, because there, there are no stars in this. Tom Atkins isn't a star. He never was a star. Like, he's just... These are all character actors. Yeah. And... They nail it. Like, nobody ever sticks out specifically except for Cochran, though. Like, he's the one who really sticks out when he's on screen. Because yeah. he's so... Commanding. Like, commanding. He yeah. kind of reminds you of, like, an Irish version of, uh... Uh, fucking... What's his name? Saruman. Alan Lee? Oh, okay. Is that his name? I don't remember. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah. Alan Lee's the guy that does all the cool illustrations yeah, yeah. that were in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I always get those genies mixed yeah. up. He reminds me of like an Irish Christopher Lee. Yeah. And that he has this very strong commanding <laughs> voice. Like the voice of Cinder from the Stupids. I, this is the thing that I always think about. If Christopher Lee was a moron, we'd never know. No. I would just assume he's a fucking genius because yep. the way he talks. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. For sure. He must know what he's talking about. That voice, like. But Cochran's he's established himself a pretty damn elaborate plan. His <laughs> his plan is I'm gonna steal this big piece of Stonehenge. Right. That has to be easy. Crossing that over international waters. All and stuff. the way to California as well. So Yeah. Wow. He makes a legion of humanoid robots that are uh-huh. of more advanced technology than anything seen at that time and right. even beyond anything we have now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they chip off pieces of the rock and Mm -hmm. put them in these masks and stuff. Yeah. The masks will be sold... To children. To children by very convincing television ads. I guess they just knew that that would work. Right. And then the commercial itself on Halloween night will activate the Stonehenge in the rocks. (laughs) By means of things. By means of things. And turn kids' heads into bugs and snakes. And then the bugs and snakes will kill their families. Now, there are a lot of the variables. The ultimate practical joke. <laughs> There's a lot of variables that go into this that could easily go awry, Steve. What? 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 Time zones? Oh. Time zones. Right. So, like, you know, if a commercial was playing in New York at 
What time is it? Ten? Nine. Nine. Is it nine? That would mean five o'clock in California, right? Nope. No, it'd be six. six. It'd be six o'clock in California. Six o'clock in California in the fall. Wouldn't even really be dark. There'd be plenty of time for them to be like, don't run the commercial over there. Yep. Like, it could run one wave and hit the East Coast, maybe. And also, too, here's the thing. The kids have to be watching the commercial for this to work, right? But they're out trick-or-treating. But they're out (laughs) trick-or-treating. And also, the whole promise of the commercial is, tune in for the giveaway. What the fuck are they giving away? Did you notice how they never even explained? I didn't. Yeah, it was tune in at nine o'clock for the giveaway. It's the big giveaway. What are they going to give away? One of the masks that you already fucking have? Dude, if you're a kid and it's fucking Halloween and you're out getting all the sugar, all the refined sugar to last you till Christmas. Uh And you're like, I don't know. They said something about of giveaway. What are they giving away? They didn't really say. They just want me to watch the commercial. Maybe yeah, let's it's go the home. Dead dwarf gag. Yeah, really. <laughs> they're giving away, giving away the a dead soft chainsaw. Gag. I mean, what are they giving away that's so enticing to these kids that they're gonna hang up trick or treating to go home and watch this thing? No, I, the, the, there's no reasoning to the plot. That this is why it has to be re reassessed because. It may be fun and everything, but it makes zero sense. And then what happens after all these kids die? What happens next year? Are there consequences? Do they come and arrest them? Do they shut the plant down? And they're like, holy shit, there's robots. Like, how would they even know to go arrest them? I don't know. Like, what? okay, let's just say you're a detective. You you are pretty quickly going to get to Silver Shamrock because you're going to be like, oh, all the kids that died wearing, wearing Silver Shamrock masks. masks. Yeah. What what would be your next area of inquiry? What would you like? You go there and you're like, so all the kids who died were wearing your masks, but the way they died was their heads turned into bugs and snakes, <laughs> and we have no idea how that happens. You got, you got a lot you? of explaining to do here. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of loose ends to tug at right there. The plot is kind of... It's kind of strange. Yeah, it's really strange. I mean, honestly, it would And it's in no way a practical joke. No. It's the most impractical joke. I mean, honestly, it would have been more practical just to say that Connell Cochran is like some kind of a warlock. And after the... Yeah. He knows all the kids are wearing the masks. He's going to put a... He's put a spell on all of them. Sure. And he just has to say the magic word and it'll melt their heads. Bring it in, yeah, exactly. Bring it in this whole like they have to be watching the commercial. They're gonna be sitting in their living rooms. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That doesn't work. Yeah, a little too far fetched. I mean, I like the whole <laughs> witchcraft plus technology angle. Yeah, that's cool. I like the idea of of you know ultimately trick or treat. Like that was all based on tricks or treats yeah. i mean all that we've ever known is the treats yeah we never did the tricks yeah but there were tricks during the origins of the holiday oh yeah but like for real tricks too or like yeah poor uh-huh, people your would... head's off yeah <laughs> <laughs> well at the very least like poor the i think it, it, a lot of what we consider trick-or-treating started as um a tradition with uh, the poor and they would go around it was like sort of a reverse day where the poor would come to the rich and ask for things and the rich were supposed to give them food and gifts and stuff. That would never and happen. And if you didn't, like, you know, they would egg your house or whatever. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right? Yeah, they'd get to trick you. Yeah, and, and of course, TPing was still a thing when I was a teenager. Yes. But that was a thing that happened not just on Halloween. Yeah. It was just a regular occurrence if you didn't like a teacher or something. 
So I guess in a way, his plan is to bring it back to Halloween, where you can be tricked or treated. Yeah. Uh, mainly just tricked, Mostly though, because of the sacrifices. Mostly tricked into putting on a mask that turns your kid's head into bugs that kill you. So he said How that did the, the mom die, by the way, in that? I was going to ask the same from thing. From fright? She just kind of, like, passed out. The yeah. dad got bit by the snake. Yeah, that yeah, that was shown, but she just passed out. She had the vapors. She died of the vapors. Oh, no. She a needs some smelling case salts. Of vapors right there, yeah. Yo, update. You ever done smelling salts before? No. So, for some reason, or another, just for uh-huh. sheer entertainment value, yeah. one of the guys I went to Columbia with... Just happened to see him at the pharmacy and was like, maybe we try these out. Okay. It's like this little paper package thing that you like kind of pop open. Yeah. And you just kind of wave it under your nose and it makes you just want to get up in the morning and go, go, go. Yeah. It it causes actually this like spasm in your sinuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like if you've ever smelled like the ammonia tablets or bleach tablets right. that go in a pool. Yeah. How you, all your sinuses just seem to like clinch up immediately. Yeah. It kind of does that to you. Huh. It just lasts for a few seconds. It'll pep you up. <laughs> I don't know if you should do that on the reg, but he got them just to fucking try. So I bet. There Probably we did. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mom died of the vapors. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Boy, that's a shame. Hard way to go. Worst case of the vapors I ever seen. There's some other bad ways to go in this. That one robot gets crushed by a slow-moving car. Yep. Very slow. It does. That one lady gets lasered to the face, and I think that's, that's the best sick. effect in the movie, yeah. Dude, whenever, like, the laser hits her in the face, then it cuts back to Tom and Ellie fucking, and then it goes back to, I think her name's Marjorie or Marge or yeah, something Marge, like that. Yeah. It goes back to her, and, like, her entire bottom lip and jaw and teeth and stuff are, they almost look exploded outwards. Yeah. You know, like that, uh, I've mentioned on the show before, but that one time a fucking asshole friend of mine showed me a picture of a guy who had like a blasting cap from a landmine in his mouth and it went off. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I never want to see it again. But like all of his shit was like blown outwards, obviously. It kind of reminded me of that. And then too, the fact that you can kind of, it shows her hands and feet moving and you can kind of hear her breathing still, like kind of gasping for breath. So you know she's still alive and her face is all blown out. Dude, it's fucking brutal. It is. It's brutal. Yeah. What do you think about Ellie's dad getting killed with that weird eyes, uh, fingers through the eyes, and then pulling <laughs> upward? That's a little strange. That is an odd. I don't know if that would kill somebody. I don't think so. I think just a, t- a straight up head crush. Yeah, that's that's more likely to kill than poking at the eyes. Like, and then he pulls it out. Yeah. So, so the nose bone in front of the face is yeah. kind of pulled outwards. I guess. Yeah, that wouldn't kill you. That's an odd one. Yeah. <laughs> I like the scene where it's actually Dick Warlock. Uh, yeah, who Dick played Warlock the is in this. Yeah. In the first one, mm-hmm. yeah. Him and one of the other automatons get that bum that was just enjoying his cheese whiz sandwich from his little bum shack. <laughs> Guy was living his best cheese life. Cheese whiz Cheese whiz on Yikes. fucking white bread sandwich. Ugh. And there for a second, it looks like they're like about to force him to like face fuck him, I guess. <laughs> Because he specifically, like, shoves him down to his knees, like, right at, like, pelvis level. And, like, grabs him by the head. And you're like, wait, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) These robots are going to rape this guy? But no. 
They're going to rip his head off. Pull his head clean off. Yep. With a splorch sound. <laughs> There's like a, a cartoony sound to it. Yeah. Though. Like, it looks so cool, but then you hear that sound like, oh, come on. Yeah. The sound effect is a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. I love that blood spray and stuff mm-hmm. that comes out, though. That's yeah. That's pretty brutal. Uh Teddy gets drill killed. I that guess. is awesome. And I wish they you would show seen it. some blood. Yeah, they like, don't really show it, but yeah. it's like the the music that's playing in the background. It's got it's like that smooth Muzak sort of jazz type of stuff. Oh, dude. so like when she dies, it's just like that music playing. It's real creepy. This movie has more easy listening on the soundtrack uh-huh. than any other movie <laughs> I can possibly think of. There is Delilah so much. would love it. Dude, she would be all about <laughs> this. This is would Delilah's be her favorite, favorite horror movie. <laughs> and I bet Delilah would fuck Tom Atkins. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like, I can't, he's right up her alley. I just can't blame her. He's a real man's man. Mm-hmm. The kind I've been praying for. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish that there were more kills in this. Yeah, there aren't that many. It's Yeah, it's not really as much about the the kills as it is about the weird plot the vibe yeah. and stuff too i mean we say there's not many kills ultimately at the end of the movie well yeah maybe every child a in large America number died. of children die yeah. <laughs> because tom atkins calls i guess the president of television yeah he calls the king of tv and the president of television decides to take the commercial off of two channels but not the third i mean maybe he did but Maybe. he's convinced by a man just saying, hey, you, you got to turn these off or something bad's going to happen. And he's like, all right, I'll turn it off two channels, bud. Well, there's a deleted scene in there where you didn't hear it, but the king of TV is like, excuse me, sir. May I ask your your ethnicity, sir? <laughs> oh, no. I'm white. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Fine. Yes. Perfect. Are you a, are you a young man or an old man? I'm oh. an old white man. Do you own land (laughs) (laughs) i'm a landowner and i have a mustache then i shall allow you to remove this commercial from television i'm listening (laughs) is he talking to fraser crane yeah (laughs) fraser crane doctor fraser crane (laughs) yeah he just kind of calls up the board of tv and does get it taken off yeah maybe at the end of the movie maybe they don't take it off that third channel Apparently, there's like a lot of alternate endings for the movie that weren't released there was one that just featured the sounds of like hundreds of kids screaming which I would have loved how bleak. Yeah, that should have played. That, that would be. Yeah, that would have been really fucked. Because it is a bleak ending anyway. Yeah. And it, like. I mean, dude, at the end of the day, it's like maybe every kid in America. Well, a third of all the kids or whatever are, are dead. <laughs> and also, too, he like he just had to brutally like dismember his new girlfriend. Oh, gosh. After after she it's attacks, a, it's him. a long like fight with her too, dude. I was gonna say, man. Okay, after she attacks him, and then attacks him without an arm, uh-huh. and, and then, then her the arm, arm attacks, attacks him, him. <laughs> and then her headless, armless body attacks him. <laughs> it was a bit comical. I was just waiting for like a like a butt cheek to come like creeping up and <laughs> try to strangle him and stuff, <laughs> dude. It was just like, okay, you guys are really padding this out yeah. for time at this point. I okay. didn't need to. It was, uh, it was now, hour 38. Like, it's fine. And here's the thing. Okay. Ellie was a robot from the time that he got her from that cell. Yes, I believe. Or was she a robot before? Yeah. Like, I why mean, would she? No, that wouldn't make sense. I don't sense. think so. Yeah. I think that she was a robot from the time that he rescued her from that, that bed that she was, like, strapped to and stuff. Yeah. 
So the whole time that she, as a robot, programmed to follow orders and stuff, is following him around, and he's, like, grabbing the Silver Shamrock badges and, like, killing everybody and killing Connell Cochran. Why the fuck didn't she just tear his head off right there? Good point. Because <laughs> she was just following him around, being like, I'm along for the ride here, Tom Atkins. It's not like she retains memories from the no. other lady that no. died. It's just a fucking robot. Like, yeah. Just kill him. Why did she kill him right there? It was like, huh. I'll wait until you kill everything, including Colonel yeah. Cochran. I want you to feel like you've won. <laughs> I love how mad Stonehenge gets. Stonehenge it is does. like, God damn it. Fuck you, Cochran. And uh-huh. then blows up. <laughs> <laughs> like what I think there's a severe misunderstanding as to how Stonehenge works don't piss this. off Stonehenge <laughs> don't go pissing that thing off you get lasered I mean it basically was just a calendar yeah it's basically just a calendar yeah <laughs> Do you think that, magic that, I think that the later versions of Stonehenge that they made considering that it was just a calendar mm-hmm I think the next one that they made, they tried to make it the same deal where it was these big stone monoliths in a circle that respond to like sun and moonlight and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think they carved boobs on them. Yeah. So all it was right. Like a, it was a titty calendar. <laughs> Stonehenge 2.0. Yeah. Swimsuit edition. What <laughs> <laughs> if they just put bikinis on Stonehenge? It's just like tops and bottoms. Like, this is way cooler. <laughs> Man. That would be the, the envy of all hinges around the world. <laughs> what if you made live action Stonehenge calendars like you made a hot rod one where you just had hot rods that are like stacked up, <laughs> you know, like two vertical and one horizontal or like that, bikini ladies I that were stacked up? that exists. Car hinge, I think, Fireman. does exist. What I'm about fireman hinge? Fireman hinge. Kilted man hinge. <laughs> uh, kitten hinge. Just kidding. Just kitten stacked up. It'd be Aww, adorable. That would be cute. All the calendars through history. <laughs> yeah, so ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know why Ellie didn't just kill him yeah. right then and there. Yeah, there's there are definitely some plot issues and problems with just the believability of all these women loving Tom Atkins. But I think it's still a fun movie. It's totally I, fun. I really like the kills and I like I like the, I, I don't know, like, despite the impracticality of the plan, I like it. It's like, okay. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's the All thing. Right, it's like, let's do it. There's so much stuff about this movie that, that I have to kind of like nitpick and complain about. But ultimately, it's one of those flicks to me that I would say it's closest cousin in terms of the reasons why I like it. And also the way it makes me feel is something like Phantasm. Yeah. This movie has that feel of phantasm where you're like, somebody on drugs thought this was normal. Uh Like, this in no way makes any sense at all. But I still like it because it's so weird and it makes you feel like you're fucking in some altered state or you've been up for like 48 hours and nothing makes sense to you anymore. It just has that feel that I like. Like, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people watch movies like this and phantasm and Argento movies and they're like, this is dumb. People don't act this way. No. But, but to me, it's so easy to make something where people act like people do. But when you make something that is so strange and surreal and almost has that like, you know, this movie kind of has that dreamlike feel. Yes, where it does. Yeah. When you're in a dream, there's there's people in places, but they don't really make that much sense. Yeah. And people are acting weirder than they usually do and saying things they usually wouldn't say. I love that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Is it's it fun. realistic? No. no. But guess what? I'm watching a movie. 
It doesn't have to be real. Doesn't have to be. I deal with realism all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's my primary medium is yeah. reality. So to have a break from that is is nice. I don't really know the deal with the robots. I mean, the way that we see Ellie get transformed, it makes you think that to make a robot, you have to take a a real existing human and I don't know, hollow them. hollow them out or something. <laughs> yes, yeah. and put robot stuff in them. But does that mean that like all the other guys that have like the orange juice coming out of their mouths and stuff? Were they once normal people? I guess. That were reprogrammed or whatever? And if he Don't if know. he can already do that, why hasn't he done it to the whole town? Well, well maybe the whole town is, but it's like... Well, I mean, that bomb, that bomb certainly guy. wasn't. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's true. And if you can make a legion of, you know, menacing, unexhaustible robots... Mm-hmm. Just have them go and kill all the fucking kids. Yeah, you have save them go your to time and kill the kids. <laughs> because again, the first stop any detective makes after this is your factory. Yeah, like, sir, we noticed a lot of kids that were wearing your masks <laughs> turned into bugs and snakes and things like that. Might you know something about that? Well, Might yes. if we look around? <laughs> ah, is that that part of Stonehenge that's been missing? Crazy. Interesting. Are you indeed a Celtic warlock? This is all coming together. <laughs> yeah, piece by piece. We're <laughs> putting this thing together. Uh, P.S. I also love that scene with, with little buddy. Little buddy, yeah. Where the mask is like melting to his mm-hmm. face. It is it looks, horrific. It is, it is brutal. It's a yeah. brutal fucking scene. Yeah, it is. And also, too, I love... And again, this, this might be more commercialism kind of messages there. Mm. That family is so goddamn American. Su- yes. Super American. Like, yeah. they roll up in their Winnebago blaring mm. disco, which mm-hmm. at this point in 1982 is like the most hated thing on earth. <laughs> the fucking Winnebago is blaring disco, and yeah. they are wearing the most obnoxious yeah. ass, hideous clothes. His, uh, the, the wife's laugh is so obnoxious. Yeah. Just, it. It sounds like an alarm or something. Yeah. It's crazy. She's fucking terrible, man. Yeah. All of them are just awful. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that they're definitely made to represent just like lame, the stupid, the yeah. worst Americans, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I don't know. And they, the kid flips his mom off when he goes <laughs> yeah, back on his I bike. didn't notice that until this time, too. I was like, did he just flip her off? <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a cool flick though. Like yep. I said, overall, I just cannot help but but enjoy it and enjoy the weirdness. I think that if it would have just been released as Season of the Witch from the makers of Halloween, it would have been way the fuck yeah. better off. I mean, it it still made good money, but yeah, it would it would have not pissed people off. Yeah, yeah. but I, I also do think that people that, like we said, are making it you know their hill to die on to champion yeah. this movie are like. Okay, y'all need y'all need to come off it a little yeah, bit. Like, like this is silly movie. Yeah, Let, let's all talk openly here and say like it's silly. Yeah, I get you're right. It's not a bad movie, but it, it's silly as shit. Yeah, and a lot of it doesn't make sense, but it's fucking fun to watch. And it takes place at Halloween, so yeah. again, instant in, instant in. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of movies I watch at Christmas that aren't really good enough for me to watch any other time. Yeah. Except for the fact that they are Christmas movies, so yeah. I will watch them at Christmas because it puts you in the spirit. It does. So this is one of those ones that I will watch along with Trick or Treat and other movies just to kind of get into it this time of year. So I recommend that people watch it. Give it a chance, even though it doesn't have 
Mike Myers in it. Just understand what the whole intent mm-hmm. was. It wasn't supposed to be a Mike Myers series. Halloween was supposed to be a series about Halloween. Yeah. It just kind of got derailed when it started making a ton of money. Yeah. So just watch it for what it is, a standalone, strange, surreal, bizarre movie, especially yeah. considering how weird it is. Like Halloween 1 completely could have happened. I mean, there's nothing in that movie that's unrealistic yeah. at all. Yeah, Halloween 1 is completely realistic. Halloween 2, unrealistic, because as we know... He shot him six times. Shot him six times, and there he has no... Like, I get that he got away, but he's not going to be walking around later that night killing everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a, a little injured after yeah. that. But this movie just completely goes for, I don't know, science fiction witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that. I like, I'd love more of that. Honestly, more sci-fi witchcraft. Yeah. You got any other final uh, thoughts? Anything you want to point out about this flick? No, not really. I mean, I think I think we've really gotten to it. There are uh, three tropes in this movie that I just wanted to point out real quick. Tell me. Fake sneezes never sound like real sneezes ever. Who sneezes in the movie? Uh, one of the androids. Really? Mm-hmm. Why would a robot sneeze? To make it more convincing. Oh. Yeah, but it it's not convincing. Oh, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of those things that I don't think I could muster up a no, realistic I sneeze. Yeah, because this has been, like, something that I've talked about a lot, like, because it annoys me that fake sneezes always sound so bad. It's not that I can do it. It's what I'm saying. If you're going to have a sneeze... You need to fucking sneeze, because otherwise it doesn't sound like a sneeze. I found that there's these, like, nerves in the top of, like, my, my nasal cavities that I can kind of poke at and conjure yeah. up a sneeze on command. Yeah. Pretty uh, handy. I can just breathe in through my nose and probably sneeze. <laughs> I sneeze every fucking day. I'm allergic to everything. You're a day. sneeze expert. That ain't yeah. a real sneeze. Uh-huh. I grew up on a sneeze farm, motherfucker. And then, number two, a uh, hospital work is not a nine-to-five job. Everything chills out at nighttime. Everybody needs to fucking recognize (laughs) that at night, there's just as much staff as there is during the day. Horror movies need to get over this bullshit. At night, it's not like there's one nurse. You're saying Halloween 2 is not accurate. Not at all. You're saying The Void wasn't accurate. The Void void is accurate because they explained that the hospital is shutting down. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So they're on a bare bones sort of. So like they, they they thought about that though, because like other people see this and get annoyed by it. It's so annoying. It is kind of weird that so much of Halloween two took place in a hospital, and this movie starts off with a lot of action taking place in a hospital as well. Yeah, they love going to hospitals in these scary movies. It's so fun, y'all. <laughs> you got to get up in there, spooky. They got band aids there. There's blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. You ain't even got to pay for it. They're sawing people up. Actually. It, Hospitals, Hospitals are, are pretty, scary. Pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty horrific. Now that you get down to it, there's corpses in there sometimes. True. Um, and the third one is medical examiners are always wacky in horror movies. They always have like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like either a weird sense of humor or like they're shown eating while they're next to a dead body or whatever. That's Friday the 13th. I was going to say Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like it, there th- is always something about like, yeah, I'm cracking up a body, yeah. but I'm cracking up a cold one on the side. <laughs> You know? Yeah. But like, if you watch, say, Law and Order or something, the medical examiner is always very serious. Yeah. So, like, in horror movies, they're like, well, we can't have them being serious because then that kind of takes away from the actual threat. So, 
I guess they got to make jokes. Make them a little wackadoo. They got to be guess. weird. John Carpenter himself played one of them in Body Bags. Oh. He played a wacky medical examiner. So, well, there you go. Yeah, those three tropes really stick out to me every time I see them. Right on. Mm. All right. Anyway, final thoughts about this. Final movie. thoughts. It's Rated. a good movie. It's yeah. a good movie. It really is. It's fun to watch. It. Uh, even though the logic doesn't track no. all the time no. or whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's a fun movie. Good for Halloween times for sure. And I like I liked that they took it a different direction and tried something new and really they they really tried to go out on a limb and and make a new story that I, I don't know like if anybody would look at it and say it competes with the original Halloween, but it's certainly a good new and interesting horror story for the Halloween time. Give it I a mean, rating my, that my, doesn't matter. Yeah, the rating doesn't really matter anyway, but I like I for me this is maybe like a six and a half, seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm, I think I'm with you there, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think seven is where I would put yeah. this as well. Where is it perfect? No. no. It's pretty slow, honestly. It is the slow movie, movie is pretty slow yeah. going, but it's just all so weird and surreal yes. and, like I said, dreamlike that it keeps me engaged. When you said dreamlike, that really did make it make more sense to me because, yeah. like. It's like a weird dream you'd have about Halloween. Because every woman likes him like yeah. it's like that's very dreamlike yeah because yeah. that could that could explain it all like this is just a drunk dude's dream <laughs> it's just some drunk doctor's dream mm. that's all that it is <laughs> or is this movie actually about oh something deeper what darker no no and more nefarious tell me well let's see let's just think about this here mm-hmm. We got ourselves this big old factory making mm-hmm. weapons of extermination. Right. Trying to exterminate an entire population across oh, the country. Oh, shit. I see where you're going with this. Let's see here. What's the name of the company again? Silver Shamrock. What's the initials of that? SS. Oh, you mean like the Nazis? What? I don't know, though. Let, let's, let's debunk this real quick. What was the insignia that SS officers wore on their caps? Oh, it was a skull. Right. Like a skull mask that Silver Shamrock makes. Dun, dun, dun. And Hitler was trying to integrate, like, magic into yeah. science. So. Holy shit. That actually. Maybe that, that it started is. out as a joke. But, <laughs> but I'm like, but, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Really, though. Yeah. For really. real. It might be about the Holocaust. Probably is. <laughs> yeah, I like this flick. I think it's a seven for me as well. I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah, and uh, I maintain it's it's better than it's any the Halloween third that best follows Halloween. it. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the best up until Halloween 2018. Yep, in my opinion. Yep. I agree. Now, Steve, next week on the show, we are kicking off a month no once again of No Vampire. Uh, oh, yeah. Anybody that listens to our show on the reg knows that the entire month of November, we do nothing but talk about vampire flicks. Yeah, and this year, because we have started our Patreon, Woo! we decided to let our Patreon patrons uh, both get one movie chosen randomly and all the other movies Voted, voted on by the listeners. So, so people that give us their money are really running the show this they month. They really are this month, yeah. So we are doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer next week. That's that right. was the one that we drew. I don't remember who. Jason. I do remember. Yeah, Jason. That's Jason, right. Yeah, yeah, Jason submitted it. Uh-huh. I'm excited to cover that one. That is such a fun, fucking silly ass movie. Yeah. It, it's going to be a blast because Buffy's fucking- awesome. Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens is in it. It's yeah, and we'll talk about the show some. 
Uh, I, Kate just started watching yeah, it. Right? Yeah, my wife had just started watching the yeah, show. I watched a little bit of one the other day. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, and we get to talk about Joss Whedon some too. So yeah, that, that'll right. be fun. That's right. That'll definitely be fun. And if you guys want to become part of that community and say thanks by giving us some dollar papers, why, you can. Yeah, head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. If you become a $5 patron, you get to submit a movie title. So far, we've been doing a movie drawing once a month, and it's worked out great. That's and right. All of our listeners have good taste. Mm-hmm. So, and taste good. They do taste delicious. And we less also, filling. They're less filling as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Great taste, less filling. We also have t-shirts available. Woo! Dead and lovely t-shirts. Uh, you can email us your address and size. I'll email you back a price, basically $7.50 for shipping. $25 for a small through extra large XXL and triple XL 28 yeah. bucks. I'll send it to you the, the next business day. Whenever you guys buy them shirts, you're just helping us buy another round of shirts and merchandise like koozies yes. and all kinds of other yeah, stuff. We're, we're going to be doing some soon. other smaller merchandise. We've been getting a lot of questions. I guess people want to buy something a little bit cheaper. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing koozies, maybe patches or eye patches, eye patches, dead yeah. and lovely eye patches. We're going to be doing glass eyes. Hell yeah. Dead and lovely glass eyes. <laughs> uh, you can either get it with dead and lovely on one glass eye or dead on one and lovely, lovely on, on the, the other one. So you or can you get can a set. and on your nose bridge. So well, people- that's when we're doing our, our uh, uh, temporary tattoos. You can order just an and to put on the bridge of your nose. So you can do your dead and <laughs> lovely double glass eyes. Uh-huh. People want to take advantage of that but don't have glass eyes. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Get your eyes removed. All right. And dead and lovely sex toys, of course. Yeah. yeah For you can... our sex toy story. Yeah. Sex toy story. God damn it. That's the name of the movie. Sex toy story. Sex toy story. <laughs> it was right there. I was like, Toy Story 9? Fuck so, no. Sex you, toy story. If you want a dead and lovely rubber fist, here it comes. <laughs> Actually, there is a fist in our logo. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Boom. <laughs> we just got to get the color right for the latex. Here we go. We'll be on the way. <laughs> well, you guys be sure to tune in next week. Rate and review on iTunes helps us out a ton. I've not seen nearly enough new reviews popping up. So oh, yeah. you guys be sure to go on, go on there, there and yeah, give us a quick rating and review on iTunes. That would help us out a ton. If you care, give it a whirl. I hope you guys have had a great, safe, and happy Halloween. I hope you've been celebrating extra extra considering that i've not really been able to to get in the mood with all of our house selling and my traveling and stuff like that i hope you guys have been throwing down extra hard and i'll tell you what if you guys are decking yourselves out in some dope halloween costumes or maybe you've like decked your house out real good be sure to post pictures on facebook or if you post on on instagram tag us in it because i want to see some shit i want to get in the spirit yeah before the magical day of sawin leaves us and seeing some of our fans involvement with their costumes and decorations and stuff would really help me out so be sure to do that all right you guys be sure to tune in next week for another brand new installment of drang and langley here with uncle ben Happy Halloween. Hope you guys are having fun. We'll catch you guys next time. Well, hey there, kid. It's good buddy Uncle Ben. I just realized in the process of recording this episode and some of the audio difficulties that we had at the first of it, our stinger that we recorded for the end of the episode didn't get saved. So I'm here to give you guys a nice little Halloween treat and read to you all some of my favorite jokes from ReadersDigest.com's list of corny Halloween jokes anyone can remember. Now, some of these might be a little bit complex, so I'm going to give you guys a nice little explanation for any of these that might leave you with some questions. Let's kick it off with this one. Why do skeletons have low self-esteem? Answer, 
They have no body to love. See, skeletons don't have bodies since they're just bones. How do vampires get around on Halloween? On blood vessels. Now, you couldn't actually travel on one of those. Blood vessels are very, very, very small. Uh, But this is just more of a joke that plays on the fact that vampires like to drink blood. All right. Why did the ghost go into the bar for the booze? That's funny because boo is a sound that ghosts have traditionally made. And booze, as in plural boo, kind of sounds like booze, which is slang for alcohol, which you would find in a bar. Why did the headless horseman go into business? He wanted to get ahead in life. Okay, now you can use the term you want to get ahead in life, meaning you want to make a better life for yourself and do well. That's why you go into business, right? But it's also funny because when you say ahead, it's kind of like he needs a head since he is headless, so that's why it's funny. Why do girl ghosts go on diets so they can keep their ghoulish figures? Okay, now this one to me, it actually doesn't really work that well. Okay, for one, a ghost technically shouldn't be eating anything because you're already dead and you're immortal and stuff, so I don't think you actually need to eat or go on a diet. I don't think a ghost can get fat. And also the, the notion of them keeping their ghoulish figures, ghouls are grave robbers. I don't imagine there being a particularly ideal figure for a grave robber, so I don't really know about that one. Unless maybe, you know what, now that I think about it, maybe the amount of like shoveling and like lifting up headstones and stuff you do when you're a ghoul and robbing graves, I bet that does keep you in pretty good shape. It's probably pretty similar to doing like the, uh, the CrossFit thing where you're like, you know, whipping those ropes around and stuff. So maybe it works. Anyway, happy Halloween.